Listen to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. Is that? It's a journey in the Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. J.I. Miedo! Because the Warhorse will fight! Until he breathes his last breath! I got the whole damn world in my hands! Your arms are just too short to box with God! You just made the list! But the man is back! Daddy's home! Ricky ain't about just taking titles, I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprises! No thing, no company, no entity, all pro wrestling. No more questions about that damn house. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Journey into Wrestling. It's season four, episode 14, and it's me, Mr. Wednesday Night, and JP Nate Phillips. Today, joining me, as always, the homicidal, genocidal, suicidal <laughs> maniac known as Buckles, who's getting a proper fucking introduction on the show today. <laughs> you know, I actually, Sabu was on uh, Impact, what, two, maybe three weeks ago, just at fucking random. I saw your tweet. Uh, that caught me out of nowhere. I don't know if they're doing anything with him or not, but yeah, random Sabu is random. Hey, well, I'm feeling very RVD these days, so um, <laughs> like they're still. I feel using like him, he and so. I just live our best lives. Like, whoa! If there's ever a good time to live your best life, this would be it. By God, I'm telling you, man, this has been the most crazy thing in the world, obviously mm-hmm. that we've ever experienced. I mean, we've lived through a lot of crazy shit, nine eleven and things of that nature. But like, this is different. Obviously, it's changing. You know, nine eleven happens. And right. the world rallied around things like sporting events. They rallied around togetherness and unity and being together in a whole and coming together. And this is the most, this is like the, I feel like we literally have become, like we're supposed to anyways, become the real life internet right now. Everybody yeah. separated yeah. at home. Don't go into contact with anybody else. Order it's your shit a, if you can. Yep. And... Wash your fucking hands, you know? Yep. It's amazing how much um, as maligned as social media has become in our day and age, as as bad as, like, Twitter can be or Facebook can be or whatever the case is, that social media is saving a lot of people right now. 
I'm telling you, man, it's it's a great safe haven because it's mm-hmm. where people can uh, unite, obviously, in a different manner and mm-hmm. still feel togetherness when there is actual social distancing happening, actual disconnection happening. I, I keep telling myself that I cannot wait. As much as I've always been excited for uh, for a big wrestling event or the like the Raw after WrestleMania, how cool of a vibe that always is. I literally cannot wait. I don't know where the first Raw after all this shit will be or the first Dynamite will be after all this. Whatever the first event is, is going to be fucking amazing. The first like huge crowd they get, again, no matter where it is or what it is, is going to be awesome. Absolutely 110% agree. Um, so I don't know where we really want to start today with the wrestling news because obviously this virus, this pandemic we're currently living in is very real. The timeline keeps getting a little bit longer as we look, mm-hmm. and it's because nobody's listening to the original timeline. If everybody would just stay the fuck home. Right. Yeah, we well. probably could be out of this like early early summer, but that's not going to happen, let's be realistic. So we've right. got this really weird cloud of like what is to come. We, you know, How much worse are things going to get? You know, uh, apparently, uh, to start here maybe, AEW has had to leave Daily Place. Right, they've got to move to an undisclosed location, which, you know, in wrestling in wrestling terminology and whatnot, is still kind of ironic in its own stretch. But yeah, they're uh, if I recall correctly, they're using Daly's Place and the parking in the hotels around Daly's Place and around the stadium as a makeshift hospital. They have to because mm-hmm. the numbers are going to be crazy spiking. The next two weeks are going oh, to possibly yeah. be like. Sure, 9-11, three or 4,000 people died in, to- in total, you know, and then, like, you consider the thousands of soldiers that went to war and died, so, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people, but, like, this is going to kill way the fuck more than that. They're, That's on the low yeah. end. Yeah, their projection right now is hope, hopefully 100,000 to 250,000. That's, uh, as of Trump's uh, briefing on the 31st, which would be yesterday in our strange time frame that we live in now, uh, on the 31st, that was his goal. That was what they hoped for, is 100,000 to 250,000 deaths. And, yeah, I, I, I don't even know where you where to attack that. Um, well, attack it like I, this, because here's, here's a couple things that need to be considered. And I want to help make the fear go away while also explaining how severe this can be, because... Mm-hmm. You know, quickly, I know we're a wrestling podcast, but I do think it's very important that we're we're tackling this issue because it is very real. It's in our lives. It's affecting wrestling. And, you know, um, I don't care who you are. This has a very high probability to, at some point, personally affect you mm-hmm. beyond just a work-related thing. Because it's entirely possible, yeah. You, Um, no offense to anybody listening, can't control all of your loved ones. You can't tell your grandma, don't fucking go outside. And little grandma might be like, God damn it, I don't give a fuck. I need to be outside and go talk to my friend You know, there's a a little bit of uh, irony in what you say, because uh, that's what I did Saturday morning was call my grandmother and tell her not to leave the house. Nice. Quite well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you were smart and contacted her and gave her the, you know, hey, listen, I'm on the front lines, really. Stay uh, the fuck I've, home. My, uh, my grandparents uh, live down in Seymour, Indiana, and uh, are, let's see if I can remember correctly, they're a year apart. I believe it's 83 and 84 years old, respectively. 
Okay. And pretty much every member of my family on that side has taken it upon themselves to every day some different member of my family has called them to say, hey, how are you guys doing? You know, stay home, please. What are you guys doing? What are you up to today? Staying home, safe, right? safe, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And uh, my grandmother, God bless her, her memory's not quite what it was. Uh, she's having a little issues with her short term. Long term's great. Short term's not quite so much. But uh, did my heart a little good when she told me on Saturday that, well, you know, we got to stay inside. We've got orders from headquarters, so we got to stay inside. I'm like, damn right you do. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, so, man. Does my heart a little good for hearing that. Um, but you're right. You know, everybody, at this point, everyone is this twisted game of six degrees of Kevin Bacon where yes. you know someone who has interacted with this in some way, shape, or form. Okay, Whether, so here here is yeah. an example. I did not know this person personally, and this is not my story to tell, but I know someone who is in my very, very, very personal bubble. You know her, whose friend... Her grandfather is one of the number of deceased from Indiana that is a coronavirus death. Mm-hmm. So it's only four people away from me, man. That's real. I've got uh, close enough where my stepsister down in South Carolina is a surgical tech. She's in the oh. hospital right now. It's just like, like... Yeah. I I keep thinking back to a few years ago. My stepmother is a retired Army Reserve major nurse, uh, recovery nurse, and... If this would have been seven, eight years ago, I'd have been scared shitless waiting for her to get called out. And really, I know in her heart, she probably wouldn't mind signing up to go help out again. And that, on the one hand, I love and support her for everything she does. This other time scares the shit out of me, so. Well, yeah, because that's your loved one, man. And, mm-hmm. and you know, like, people, you know, honestly... The nurses and shit are on the front line. They're the ones that are literally sacrificing everything. And I'm they not, are I'm, in... Yeah. We are... A, okay, let me just uh, soapbox it for 30 seconds here. We're a first world country, and our nurses look like third world fucking jokes right now mm-hmm. because they're wearing trash bags because they can't get proper protection mm-hmm. against a virus that could kill them just like it can kill anybody else. I haven't even. I've, I remember reading the statistics on how many healthcare providers, whether that's doctors, nurses, secretaries, people that work in around adjacent to the hospital in New York City right now, have become infected. That's it's, that's I've, a crime. That is a damn crime. And then, like, okay, so Andrew Cuomo is the mayor of New York. Mm-hmm. His brother Chris Cuomo does Cuomo's prime time on CNN. And just uh, announced that he's been diagnosed. Correct. Mm-hmm. Like Cuomo's been one of the best. It doesn't care, man. It doesn't care yeah. who you are. And Cuomo uh, has been one of the guiding voices in this to try to bring people together. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Andrew Cuomo has made a very, very strong case for the presidency at yeah, some no point shit. down the road. No obviously, shit. but I mean, I'm not one to toot my own horn or brag or nothing like that. I'm not doing anywhere near what people are like what healthcare professionals and nurses and doctors and are I don't claim to and I will not claim to. But you're However, still in a very precarious place having to deal with the I'm, very front line. I'm in the position right now because I'm going out with volunteer groups and I'm doing exactly what we're supposed to not do and gathering people together and handing out food. And, you know, out in the public, hell, we're walking up putting food directly in people's cars and I'm the one responsible for this crowd. And 
right before, uh, probably an hour to two hours before we started this call, I was making the rounds and calling my different family members to let them know, hey, I'm just letting you guys know I'm okay. So I know I'm all the people you you mentioned that you know they're on the front lines. You might know that they're on the front lines. They're all safe. I'm the one that they know. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going out so, of my way to so let them know. You, you hey, know, everybody's I'm doing somebody what I can. to somebody, bro. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't I hate saying this, but don't think you're untouchable. You know, don't no, be one I'm of those fucking terrified of this shit, bro. Fucked up, stupid kids that you know. I I, I hate to use the term millennials, but or whatever Gen Y or whatever the fuck the generation that comes after us is. Gen that, Z, I do believe, is what they're called. Uh, well, there ain't going to be much of a generation if they all fucking die. Sorry. I know. But, it's terrifying. Uh, that's what I was saying on the Supercast the other day, that I don't know yeah. when that's going to air in the timeline of the world or where it's going to air. But, like, I said it was crazy to me to be out driving in fear. I was literally mm-hmm. in my car like, I don't like being in the car right now because – you know, you don't know what the fuck could happen. You don't know. You could end up in a car accident and then yeah. live. But, oh, shit, the person that was helping you, the EMT, had it and didn't know. Or, uh, hell, you know, you break a leg and you got to go to the hospital. Oops. Yeah, exactly, yeah, man. I, it's I a terrifying exactly time, you know. From. So, like, be very, you know, conscientious and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I see, like, flocks of children ages, like, 10 mm-hmm. to 17 just walking out in the in – the, it's a nice day. Sure, it's beautiful out. Who wouldn't want to take a fucking walk? Especially but after you've been cooped up in the apartment or the house for the last week. Yeah. Walk six fucking feet apart mm-hmm. and FaceTime each other. Yep. Jesus Christ. Like, if you need to talk that bad, that's how you do it, man. You have to keep your safety first. And some people are like, I can't let fear control my life. You're not going to have a fucking life, bro, yeah. if you if you and get this. Like, it's the, serious. The, the sad thing is that... The real sad thing is that you see all these, and I, I know I'm not the only person to say this. I know you've heard ex-celebrity and ex-doctor and ex-whatever say this, but every kid that or every person you said, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to live my life the best that I can. I'm going to be, if I die, I die. Well, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about my family. It's about your family. It's about the people who you, you pass on the streets. It's their family. It's the people that you can infect. It's their family. Yeah, you can. I don't give a shit if you want to go off yourself. Go do it creatively. Go jump off a cliff. Go stand in traffic for all I care. But the time that you endanger someone that I know because you're reckless, you go straight to hell. Yeah, you suck a dick there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I had to say that, but it felt yeah. right. Um, you know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fucked up situation. It's a fucked up world that we're living in and it's not going to get any better before it gets worse. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. So, I mean, you are on the front lines, you have seen some shit. Uh, and I, and I think you told a story on our supercast yesterday that was pretty pretty intense. Well, it it was not so much intense. It just made me like my head want to fall off. (laughs) Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And from my perspective, when you were telling that, like, I was, like, immediately just thinking, danger, 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 danger. So, okay, just to recap it very briefly, what I do, I run our mobile pantry program for a food bank, and we go to different counties. I've been doing this for almost five years now, four and a half years now. We go out to the counties that we service and hand out food over, like, a two-hour period to just anybody that wants to come out and show up. Whether, you know, we don't really discriminate. Whoever wants to uh, need food, come out and get it. And right now, we have a shitload of people that need it. 
which is fine, which is expected. But we've also gotten a bit of an outpouring of people who want to help out, which is great. You know, I love having to know or knowing that we have these volunteers that want to come out and support their community. That's fantastic. But at the same time, I have to be cognizant of the fact that we don't want that many people out here right now because that's a danger to you. So long story short, I'm out in uh, Kokomo about a week or so ago. I think it was a week ago today, actually. And downtown Kokomo and Howard County has been hit pretty hard. They've had a couple of deaths and not a what I would call a very affluent county. There's a lot of industry, but there's also a lot of need, a lot of issues there. Sure, I know it's low some folks, for sure. I, both of my college roommates lived in Kokomo. I've, I've been there. I've spent a good chunk of my life visiting people there. And we're in downtown Kokomo in a fairly poor part of town at a church that I've gone to for years to help out with people. And we have a good crew of volunteers that likes to help out. Uh, and we're handing out food. And I, I noticed there's an older gentleman which already kind of sets off a little bit of warning bells. Like, why are you out here, man? If you're you're a little old to be doing this right now because this is probably not safe for you. And he's, you know, boxing stuff up for people to hand out, which is fine. But I noticed he's, he's kind of struggling just a little bit. So I walked over to him and I said, you doing all right? He goes, yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm just, I appreciate the help. He goes, yeah, I know. I said, well, you just look like you're kind of struggling a little bit. He said, yeah, well, I got COPD. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, what the fuck are you doing here? go home you are you are in the crosshairs man you are exactly what this virus wants please go home if you want food i will help you get food on your way out i appreciate the help but go home man and i I practically had to run the guy out of there i felt bad for making him leave but my god yeah you gotta care for but you're caring for your team as well dude he's a danger because his immune system is compromised compromised immunity is exactly like what coronavirus is expecting yeah. to take out oh your so, immune system is so not I'm good just cool the, i'll just have this yeah like i this isn't about me and not wanting to affect infect people but man you are not safe here you need to go home and he i finally he kind of oh okay if you say so i'm like yeah i'm saying so please for your own sake get out of here man and so ah uh, yeah okay so like he I mean, like, I get the, I, I get it. Like, I get the want to help. Like, I, I, absolutely, absolutely. I can't fault the guy for wanting to help at all. Sure, sure, sure. But at the same time, you got to look at the risk and the mm-hmm. worth, the reward, and then they look at the risk right. again, and then you know, like, right. okay, maybe, maybe right. this is a bad idea. World, and it's it's the silver lining to this right now for me. The silver lining to this whole situation, and. And you got to go looking. You really got to go looking for one. Is the is that the outpouring of hope and the people that want to help and the people that I've seen walk up and you know try to give a donation. I had somebody at one try to give me ten bucks to go to put towards the food bank, and I'm like, "You're here picking up food. I don't need your money, man." Yeah, like, hold on like, to that, bro. I appreciate it. I'm not. I'm not that guy. I won't be that guy. But no, like I appreciate. It. I'll take it. And I'll make sure it gets to the right person. But man, I, I it just kind of floors you after a little while to see that you know, for all the shit we talk and for all the the anger and the mistrust in the world, there are people that do want to help, and that yeah. will do what they can to help their fellow people out. Like I love seeing, even if it's a little misguided, and the masks that people are making may not necessarily work. The fact that they're willing to make them says something. 
Yeah, you know, and I think, okay, that, my buddy explained the masks to yeah. me, and it's like, as soon as I understood the true purpose and why these masks are important, mm-hmm. first of all, if you're wearing a mask out in the world and you don't have an illness, you are dumb. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to say it. You're dumb because it's not helping. It's not going to help you get stopped from being sick if that thing is coming for you. The mask is a very, very thin layer that's not really going right. to do anything. But if you are sick, the mask is everything. Because it prevents the sick from getting out. Exactly. Getting other people sick. So that's exactly. the point. So, like, the whole mask worry and fear and things like that, that's why the nurses and stuff need them. Because they already could possibly be infected and they right. can't be infecting more people. Right. So it's like this whole crazy it's i mean it's uh and then like yeah. today just a tangent i know we are a wrestling podcast this has not been so we're 20 minutes very deep much now, wrestling man. at all it's okay we're it's almost so, 20 minutes deep in here yeah we're 20 we're ap's 20 gonna be mad that we're taking the subject matter what's up i said ap's gonna be mad we're taking the subject matter well i'm just uh i'm here to do what i can and this is this is poignant because it's all a part of the times you know but mm-hmm. like I saw this video today. I don't know if you saw it. It's about this show that's on Netflix. Do you know what I'm talking about at all? Uh, is it Contagion? No, it was some sort of terrarium or terranium or oh, it's a, uh, um, it's uh, a foreign a... Uh, Korean show, I think. Oh, no, okay. I'm thinking of something else entirely. You're fine. So, okay. So somebody shared it. It's a video. I'm sure it's going to be gone, and I bet you $1,000 that that episode will no longer be on Netflix now that this hit and starting to get some traction. In this video, they literally are talking about a coronavirus, exact words, oh, that boy. mutates exact words and is used to level the playing field as, quote, something that was created, not something that happened accidentally. Oh, dear. That's a bad timing. <laughs> and it's from two years ago. Oh, That's the thing that's creepy about it, dude. It's yeah, like everything yeah. they're saying, you're just like, What? I know, and I know it sounds uh, it sounds cliche, and it is cliche at this point. But every time I'm watching TV and I see a commercial for Corona, I'm like, you, I feel bad for your marketing people. I, I feel terrible for you. <laughs> That's why you bought a beer of Corona at uh, the C2E2. Well, it was that or Coors Light, and I have some standards, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. That's awesome. Um, oh shit! Well, man. Um, to kind of tie back into where we where we started all this off at with Daly's place closing down and and you know having to close down because the fucking governor DeSantis of Florida is a fucking moron. But yeah, we're uh, we're led with AEW kind of uh, going to the Undertaker's hometown of a undisclosed location, and really, it's it's going to be interesting to see where they go and what they plan on doing. And did you hear the actual reasoning they gave for not giving the location out? No, actually. Uh, the reason they gave was because they don't want fans showing up. Oh, you know, they could, did they, they have a problem security. with that at, uh, at Daily Place? I don't know that they did, but I think if they, if they are, they're afraid that if they announced that there were someplace smaller, like if it said some just random, you know, VFW hall or something like that, that they're probably, well, they were, they're supposed to supposedly be taking a undisclosed, some sort of auditorium. I have no clue. They haven't, they're not going to say it. So I think that's a bigger, you know, some sort of like, uh, fucking used to be star Plaza up here, but some shit like that, you know, right. You know, that they can just set up the fucking ring. It doesn't matter if there's 10 seats or 2000 seats, you know, 
And um, I know I know they're also planning on uh, filming a bunch of episodes at once if they can, because really as this continues to go on and as more states go to the shelter-in-place order, that the list of places they're going to be able to go is going to start getting smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, and I, I, I kind of you know. almost feel like, you know, and, and I'm not trying to be bolsterous here and, and, and assumptive, but I do feel like the WWE and AEW and any other companies that are running any kind of events right now, and I feel like WWE and AEW are really it, you know, aside from the news channels. Right. They're keeping basic entertainment going. No, I there's the fact that ESPN is doing decent numbers reshowing WrestleManias. Uh, the fact that Fox Sports and uh, FS1 are going to be re-showing a lot of wrestling stuff over the next week or so, two weeks, that, you know, there's a market for this right now because it's the only game left in town. You know, we've got, right now, NASCAR is doing uh, fucking e-tournaments where their drivers are playing whatever video game. They're I think that's that kind shit. of fucking cool. I think no, that's I mean, fun it is. and a it cool absolutely way is. And to I like think, blow off steam for sure. Honestly, the one thing I'm waiting for in this whole coronavirus thing is for esports to really take the fuck off. Like, I'm waiting for ESPN to start actually covering esports because that's going to be the only thing live left that you can do. Listen, man, I'm dumb as shit and I'm a little bit behind the times. What the fuck is esports? Esports is, um, to put it in the easiest terms... It's watching a video game tournament. It's, it's like competitive like watching... gaming tournaments. Mm-hmm. Essentially, I'm yeah. I'm all for it. I'm fucking like, there. Sign I know there's a. I, I'm big into Mortal Kombat. I love MK11, and there is That's a big awesome. esports following in MK11. Uh, like ranked tournaments that you win real fucking money on. There oh. are uh, hell Fortnite. You can get a fucking scholarship in some t- in some colleges to go play Fortnite on their esports team. Out here trying to get a motherfucking scholarship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got 12 and 13-year-old kids that can make a mill a year playing video games. Fuck, We're bro, living in a time right good. now where it's it's very likely we could see the debut of ESPN 8, the Ocho, because we're looking for the weirdest fucking things we can find. You could have the, uh, the Scottish or whatever uh, fucking so- Swedish wife-carrying competition getting airtime on ESPN because they ain't got shit else to air right now. So, time out. You are aware the Ocho is real now, right? I believe I've heard something along those lines. And they but, uh, have been playing, like, they've been, yeah. like, airing, like, Tetris tournaments and other things like that. Yep. I mean, like I said, we're not far from esports becoming a real... I mean, it already is a real thing, but I'm talking about getting mainstream, legitimate promotion like an NFL or like a NCAA because there's nothing else for them to do. And yeah. We're, like, much inches love, away from Ready Player yeah. One, man. Yeah. 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 And I, honestly, as much as I love seeing wrestling get in the rub and getting some mainstream love again, and Mania 30 and I think 32 have been the ones they've reshown, and they've both done decent numbers. I love seeing that. I love hearing people that are actually kind of rediscovering their love of it because of this. But it's a finite game. There's only going to be so many more WrestleManias you can reshow. And I don't oh, really yeah. think they're going to start going and reshowing some of this shit like B pay per views in the last few years. Ain't nobody struggling, or nobody's going to be uh, ki- killing ESPN to come watch uh, Stomping Grounds from last year, or from uh, Great Balls of Fire from a couple years back, or whatever. You know, if you're smart, you know what you do. And I know they're going to avoid any of the ones that have been wah, any of that stuff. We have mm-hmm. that to oh, talk yeah. about too. Holy fuck, buckles! I need. I didn't even 
tell you that I watched The Dark Side of the You told Ring. me. I, I, it's on my list. It's on my to-do list for the next seven days. Yeah, it's that'll my, be it is a, on my to-do a hearty. List. We might actually make our whole next episode that discussion in the like aftermath right. of Mania right. because, oh, man. Okay, that was heavy. Anyways, um, like... Talking about this whole thing, and you, you know, you're right. The finite game, but if if it was me, start with you. You you show some of your most prestigious Summer Slams, '92. Mm-hmm. You know, like '97 is probably another great example. 2001 probably right. would be okay to show. Maybe show the invasion angle. That's fun. You know, just mm-hmm. get creative and show the stuff that's like your. If you're gonna play, listen. If you're WWE and you're working with these people and you're trying to get some kind of rating that's away from fucking CNN or the, or the Fox News or whatever, mm-hmm. you look at it and say, what's our, like, if we could sit to, and down and put together an ultimate playlist of all the greatest pay-per-views of all time we've ever put on, what right. would they be? And you put them all on. Well, WWE's kind of walking a fine line, too, because the more they promote it on ESPN for free, the less they're going to have people subscribing to the network to watch the library. But numbers on the network are dead, bro. They have already even said, no, like, they're fucked. They don't know what to do right now. They know. They, they're well they've aware. They've already lost now the deal to backbuild and sell the pay-per-views say, outside of the network. We've already discussed this on the show that they don't, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place in the network. They can't afford to drop it, and they can't afford not to. So. Yeah. That's really not helping anything, but the last thing they want to do is make it worse. And by giving a lot of the free shit, and really they're even going to be showing some of like the WWE 24s and the the new uh, Ruthless Aggression show is going to go up on FS1. So they're already seeding some of their original programming out. So, I mean, they're, they got to walk a fine line by what they're giving out, what they still use to bring people to the network. Um I find it hilarious that you can order both nights of WrestleMania for sixty dollars on pay per view, or you what? know, ten bucks, or sign up for the network brand new user. user yeah, they subscriber. still they still haven't figured that shit out. They haven't figured out that no, oh, hey, that might be a bad idea. But now that has um, been a bad idea since day one. You listen, the Joker said it best. I always no, say, you, if you're yeah. good at something, never do it for free. Well, what cracks me up is then they if you watch their watch the show and you watch the product they make it sound like you're an idiot if you don't get the wwe network you're an idiot if you don't do this free deal man you must be dumb well yeah i would be dumb if i didn't do it thanks for telling me pal i'm gonna do just that fuck you and your money (coughs) now you just killed me (laughs) like (coughs) i took a drink right when you said that (laughs) oh fuck well, we have our first death on Journey into Wrestling, and uh, <laughs> welcome to the dark side of JIW. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, that, um, was good. that might be the episode title for next week, guys. Yeah, oh, shit. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we've talked about Mania quite a bit already. You want to just go ahead and jump into Mania and the, the weird shit? That's, I mean, really, the fact that it's WrestleMania weekend and we have barely scratched the surface on WrestleMania should say something about the world we're in right now anyway. Let me tell you something. Here's... Sure. The weirdest thing. So season three of Journey into Wrestling, I was like kind of bummed because it started to get to a stall point, and I made the decision to go well past uh, WrestleMania, which traditionally the first two seasons we stopped at WrestleMania. That was where mm-hmm. we took our end-of-the-year break or what have you. So like 
I think about bad. that That's time, and I'm just like, I'm time. so glad that we now have the show we have, and wrestling is in a position where it is now mm-hmm. where I don't have to rely on WrestleMania because we this show would be fucked. If this was the finale of our show to talk about this WrestleMania, mm-hmm. dude, no thank you. No, I agree. I mean, like, I don't even know. Li- I Listen, they might be filming things left and right, but I don't know how much a WrestleMania is actually going to be that even... Well, I mean, you got to think about it a couple of different ways. Like, this is going to be a WrestleMania for good, bad, or indifferent that's going to go down in history as one as the most unique because of the situation. Next because... to WrestleMania 2000, which was the dumbest idea. What do they do when they actually fucking get to 2000? I mean, you're right. <laughs> you're not. You're not wrong. But it's one of these. It's going to be hard to. It's going to be hard to judge this mania too harshly, in a way because. They've had so much issues surrounding it at, through no fault of their own. Well, I'm not going to say uh, no, I shouldn't say no fault of their own because they've they've kind of fucked themselves at points too. But when and I'll get into that momentarily. But this is the mania without a crowd. This is the mania where wrestlers are voluntarily pulling them out pulling themselves out. This is the mania where people are told not to show. This is the mania where they're promoting a match that. Uh, they're still promoting a match that, as of right now, will not happen. Two nights yeah. away, or three nights away. Um, this is amazing. Wait, they still that... promoted that tonight on last night, or on la- Raw. last night on Raw. Well, they didn't mention it on Raw last night because it's not part of Raw specifically. So uh... their their last chance to say something is going to be Friday. Jeez, wait, wait till the last fucking second. Well, it's funny because Reigns Reigns beat him to it too. Um. So let's just let's just run into the card real fast, and we'll, sure, we'll break sure, this down please. one by one because, really, I'm gonna. Are give you gonna you, do a what it was, what it is now? We'll we'll see because uh, really, what it is now, I'll be honest with you, we don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely because, right because even yeah, what we're being told could be changed by I'll, the time it makes air. What I'll do is I'm gonna I'm gonna run through the card. We can break down each match that they have announced here individually, and we can you know update it to what it is now. Um, starting off like the low card, one that we are going to get most likely will be Otis and Dolph Ziggler, which oddly enough, maybe one of the better stories, long form stories they have in the show. Um, simple as can be, uh, they're beefing over Mandy Rose. Uh, there's probably going to be a turn at some point in it, but, uh, Otis is the, uh, <laughs> let's face it. He's the, he's the overweight Midwesterner in all of this. Um, <sighs> Versus Mr. Steal Your Girl and Dolph Ziggler. Um, no, stealing the show and your girl. Yeah, well, he steals bad comedy, too. I, I'm not a Ziggler fan by any stretch. He's a really? good seller, and that's really about it. I think he's got really some funny it. comedy. I watched him do a roast, and I was dying laughing. He said I, some funny shit. I honestly, uh, every time I think of Dolph Ziggler outside of wrestling, um, I, there's a quote that I come back to, and this is a bit of a, of a tangent, but uh, you know he used to date Amy Schumer, right? Yes, I do know that, and she do made you know, a comedy joke about him. Yeah, about sex with him being way too athletic. Yeah. Like he was trying to show off there, too, and it was like, I cannot get that, that phrase out of my head. Every time I see him, it's like, I just think of him, he's wanting to be in front of a mirror the entire time, and it's got nothing to do with anything. Uh, I know he was on that, uh, the uh, oh, God, what the fuck's his name? The, the, the roast show, like the... the roast competition show 
Roast Battles uh, with Jeff Ross. Yes, thank you, thank you. I did see Fuck the same yeah. one actually. He's not he's not terrible. He's not great, but he's not terrible either. Um, not gonna yeah, lie, I've always been a Ziggler mark since after he once he branched away from Suicide Squad when he was Kenny, I think at that time. The Spirit um, Squad, yeah, yeah. So like he left them, and like that was like two thousand eight. Fun or fact, seven, I think. Fun little fun little aside about the uh, the Suicide Squad, the uh, Spirit Squad. Sure, uh, Kenny, like he was a uh, Ziggler was Nikki. Then you have Nikki, uh, that's right. You also have uh, Kenny, uh, Ken Doan, who wrestles in Beyond now. And if you saw the guy, you wouldn't believe it. The dude looks like a fucking freak. Like, he looks like a slightly underweight uh, Scott Steiner. He is cut to shit. He is jacked. And he plays this, like, complete sociopath of a character that's fun to watch, actually. It's like, yeah, Ken Doan's worth keeping an eye on, actually. He might come back one day. Interesting. Um, maybe it's someone to watch at some point. Perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, moving up the card a little bit, uh, probably the one I'm the least interested in uh, is Elias and King Corbin, uh, as set up by Rob Gronkowski, because this is the world we live in right now. And for some reason, Rob Gronkowski is hosting WrestleMania that he's been on screen once or maybe twice since then. Um, How many thousands of times do you think they've actually filmed his segments? I have no idea. I, because I, you know for a fucking fact, bro, that if they have an opportunity to be absolute perfectionists, mm-hmm. this could be perfectomania. They might do spots and be like, nope, they could not be. fucking happy could with be. it. Set that shit up again. We'll go Here, again. Here's, here's the one thing to me is that I maybe they can, but... They're also trying way too hard at times. And actually using this feud as a very good example, it's been set up by Elias, you know, being his normal troubadour and insulting someone with the guitar self. And we had this very weird segment uh, about a week ago or maybe two weeks ago. I think it was a week ago where Elias is up on this little balcony that they have set up and he's playing his guitar and plays a little ballad, you know, in honor of Baron Corbin and, it's entertaining because it's Elias and it's what he does. But he turns and and like gestures and plays to the crowd that's not there for some strange reason, turning his back and Corbin, you know, beats him up and throws him off the balcony. And it's so cheesily done because it's cut. It's not one take. It's not live. You can tell. And it's bad enough because you see him fall, but you don't see him hit. You just see him sprawled out laying there. But to make it worse, and I've mentioned it on Twitter before, and I can't get past it, when they throw him off the balcony, they added in a sound effect. Oh, this, no. Whoosh. Oh, no, they did Yes, not. I swear to God. <laughs> it is. I, I, I thought I heard it the first time I watched it and went back and watched it again. And, yeah, you watch the clip of it on, 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 uh, on YouTube, it's still there. There's an what audible is the like, sound of whoosh. <laughs> like he's going so fast. Oh my god! On this god, eight foot no. fall, it's so goddamn cheesy. And really, no one cares about this match. No one cares about Corbin. You and I've talked about it before. He's a good heel, but it's reached the point where it's it's not heel heat. It's we don't care about anything you're doing. You're just annoying us. Go away. 
Uh, and Elias, unfortunately, is a decent wrestler and a very entertaining person, but he's done nothing. He's done absolutely nothing. Wasn't he so IC champ a, for a time? He was, briefly. Okay, so I like that role for him mm-hmm. because it kind of fits the honky-tonk kind of thing. Right, I, I, honestly, modern. yeah, he's he's got the chops to be a decent wrestler. There's no two ways about it. Shout out to you, Jeff. True story, real life story, you guys. I'm not fucking with anybody right now. I am real life Facebook friends with Elias and was Facebook friends with him before he was Elias. That's cool, man. I, I like him quite a bit. One I degree of he... separation. Dude, my buddy uh, Steve is really close friends. Like, they went to school together. Huh. And they're, like, best dudes. Like, still to this day, best dudes. And every time he's in, uh, I think it's Philly... They uh they get together and he brings them out to the show. Is he from shit. Philly? So like, what's up? Is he actually from Philly? I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not where sure if that's that it might be. Pen, it's somewhere in Pennsylvania. My buddy Steve, I know him from uh, Pittsburgh. It is Pittsburgh. Oh, it's Pittsburgh, yeah. not Pennsylvania. I do believe yeah, so. That, I, I know Graves always vicinity. gives him shit for it. His Graves is there, from Pittsburgh. There you go. But uh, but yeah, it was weird because my my buddy Steve's like, dude, you need to be friends with this guy. He's a wrestler. He's really cool, and I know you love wrestling. And I was like, oh fuck yeah, I'll be your friend. And we were Facebook, you know, accept my friend shit. And we had like maybe one exchange or some shit, pleasantries and something. He's a and hell of a like, guitar player too. Well, it's crazy because I didn't hear anything of him. Like I didn't see any of his clips or shit. He didn't post any of his shit online. He was very quiet and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he's like this character actor on NXT, and Steve's like, did you see fucking Jeff's on fucking NXT? And then the, <laughs> night, he, the night he came out on Raw, I popped yeah. so huge. I was so fucking jazzed, man. I'm happy oh. for him. The guy's legitimately entertaining. So He's great, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Fun dude, for sure. Um, so moving up the card just a little bit, because like I said, that's pretty much sadly a nothing match. We get a literal... Nothing match. Our first real effect on the show. Uh, we have Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley is still, as of last night, being promoted. Um, while the rumor, um, I'm not sure what the confirmation is or not yet, but rumor's been that Bobby Lashley's been pulled off the match. Whoa. Or pulled out of the show. So they're still promoting it. Uh, and we don't know if he was pulled before or after they filmed this. Because uh, they've been trying to film as much as they could ahead of time. But as far as we know, he's not supposed to be appearing on the show. So they're still pushing Lashley versus Aleister Black, but we don't have anything coming from it. So I don't know if that match will make it on. I don't know if it'll be Black versus someone else. Uh, Black's been on the last couple episodes of Raw beating up Evolve Jobbers, um, beating up some local talent. But, yeah, um, we are very, very unlikely to get a Lashley versus Black match, even though it's being promoted. Weird. Oh, man. Um, this is a. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, and then we move from there on to the. What might actually be my sentimental favorite match on the show uh, the women's tag team match, the Kabuki Warriors versus uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I yeah. say sentimental favorite because. Or because uh, Nikki Cross and Asuka have been the two best things about the empty arena Raws on commentary. They've been fantastic. Or I guess Raw and SmackDown, rather. Um, Asuka screaming. Like, her random night on uh, commentary a couple weeks ago. Hilarious. Uh, Absolutely Was stellar. fantastic. And then, honestly, Nikki topped it last week on SmackDown. She was the high point of the entire show. Fuck, I, I haven't seen that. It. Is it just one match or is oh, it the whole night? Oh, my God. Yes, you need to watch that. Uh, it's it's uh, Bliss versus Asuka. That's the match. 
Oh, okay. But I'll absolutely watch Alexa Bliss dude, face Asuka. That's amazing. The match is funny enough. At one point, they're like screaming and having a dance off because it's just kind of played a little bit for comedy. But Nikki and Michael Cole is a thing that I need more of in my life because she is out of her mind and it terrifies him. That's like, awesome. Yeah, there's a one point like she runs up and hugs him and he's like telling her to social distance. <laughs> um, she's like sitting on the top of the announce table, like wearing Alexa's jacket and screaming incoherently. And That's you hear an Colts even... go like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely fantastic. That's so, an even uh, more terrifying thing that she hugged him considering all the shit that's happening uh, right. in the locker room of the WWE. I know we're going to I mean, you got to think that point, was absolutely on. planned, but the way they played it was so well done. Cole gets sure, a lot sure. of shit, but he can be really good. For sure, um, absolutely. The match itself thrown together, but fuck, it should be fun. What the hell? Um, Give me give something for Asuka to do. Give something for Kyrie to do. Alexa and Nikki Cross, who's criminally underused and fucking gold. So sure, it could be a, it could be one of the high points of the whole show. Um, staying with SmackDown and tag titles, we have the Miz and Morrison versus the New Day and the Usos, which, uh, not likely, <laughs> not happening. Um, so to give a little uh, a little bit of uh, drama with the entire card, centered around Mike the Miz Mizanin, um. The rumor got out a while back, about a, maybe a week ago, or maybe a little bit less than a week ago, that some stars were being pulled off the show, and lo and behold, it's Roman Reigns, which we'll get into in a moment. Um, and everybody immediately expected, well, yeah, it's because he had leukemia, he's immunocompromised. Makes sense, and it does. It's, it's an honest truth. However, the story that we're getting now, and we've got no confirmation that it's true or not, but supposedly The Miz showed up to these tapings and he's been on almost every SmackDown that they've taped in the empty arena era showed up sick and is showing signs, right? Well, they didn't say showing signs. They just said specifically showed up sick. Uh, okay. 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 And Thanks for clarification. Yeah. They, we've got no confirmation on any of this. It, this is all hearsay. I do believe it. Just can't I think this came from Meltzer, but Miz shows up sick. The Usos got pissed because he showed up sick, because that's a risk to Reigns, who was also on SmackDown and in the arena. So they pulled off the show because they thought it was a shit show for them to do all this supposed testing, and somehow Miz is there working sick, and working with them, no less, and putting both them and their cousin at risk. So the Usos decided to pull off the show. And then Reigns decided, both because of his health and his well-being, understandably again, and because in solidarity, uh, solidarity standing with his cousins, to pull off the show as well. That's the rumor going around, is that they all this all started because of the Miz, Miz somehow getting through whatever screening. And well, Miz sick. is not the only one who has been ill in the backstage of WWE, well, because isn't it also confirmed that Rey Mysterio was sick? No, actually, Ray has been uh, isolated. Ray's been uh, 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 self quarantining, and so has Dana Brooke. But there's not been any anything past that. We don't know if there's any, you know, symptoms. We don't know if there's anything past that. Just other than he's self quarantining. Okay, okay, okay. Again, thank so, you for confirmation. Yeah, I'm glad you know the. the we don't have any reports whatsoever. No, 
up or down the card. We have no reports of actual symptoms from anyone. Now, granted, okay. we shouldn't. I mean, this is unless they're going to come out and tell us themselves, we shouldn't know this. We, I, I shouldn't know someone's health issues. Yeah, for you know, sure. HIPAA is a thing. Sure. I shouldn't know all this. It's their right to privacy. But uh, all we have is rumors. The rumor is that the Miz showed up, worked sick, got through the WWE's you know supposedly stringent screening, pissed off the Usos. The Usos pulled out. Reigns pulled out in solidarity with them. We also know that Ray and Dana Brooke, Ray, who was supposed to be in a feud with Andrade over the U.S. title, Dana Brooke was supposed to be part of the uh, six-pack challenge, which we'll get to shortly. Uh, both of them have been pulled off the card very quietly. Uh, but, you know, feeding all that in, along with Lashley, that, uh, yeah, uh, I don't really see this whole Miz and Morrison versus the New Day versus the Usos match going down with the Miz supposedly being sick and the Usos are pulling off the card. Uh, I do believe the rumor now is it's supposedly Morrison versus someone. I've heard maybe that a it, member of the New Day, maybe an USO, but you just I've heard that yeah, they're out, they're talking so. about doing a triple threat for the tag titles of one person from each team. Because why the fuck not? We'll know more on Friday. Uh, maybe theoretically, yeah, we'll know more on Friday. You know, honestly, with all these changes that could be coming and whether or not they choose to address them on SmackDown on Friday. I'm wondering if we get to Mania and we're going to get a lot of backstage segments of, you know, Rikishi hitting somebody with a car or, you know, who attacked Aleister Black or whatever like that. Where uh, the, oh, know, I was going to say Aleister Black comes out and tries to challenge, or, you know, is right. waiting for Bobby's last his music to hit, nothing comes out, and then right. Aleister Black's like, damn it, it's WrestleMania, I came here for a fight, and then somebody, you know, like Joe comes out or something, you know, some shit like yeah. that. Yeah, that's, I, I'm, I'm almost anticipating stuff like that, if they're going to keep billing shit like this. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, weird. the rumor right now is a supposed like three-way or a triple threat ladder match for the tag titles that aren't tag time or tag team match at all. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, then we also have uh, the Raw Tag Team Championship match, which was initially set to be the Street Profits versus uh, Andrade and Angel Garza. Andrade yes, is now off the card, not because of COVID, because he actually got injured. <laughs> He's Ooh, got fucked up ribs. <laughs> yeah. He legitimately, at the last uh, the last episode of Raw, fucked up his ribs. So he's Ooh. legitimately hurt. As they say, the shit ain't ballet. He's actually injured. So guess what? He's off the card. There's another match scuttled. However, they are bringing in a bit of a ringer in Austin Theory, which is way out of left field. If you watched Raw this week... They actually debuted Austin Theory on Raw, tagging up with uh, Garza and Rollins versus Kevin Owens and the Street Profits. And there is there a reason for him to be on these shows? Storyline-wise? No. None whatsoever. Now's a good uh, they're time spinning to call it the as, kid, though. Yep. They're spinning it up as... Uh, as uh, Zelina Vega finding a new business contact while they're in in Orlando, but really we don't know. Um, if Vince sees something in him, my specific thought is because, uh, supposedly, um, Shawn Michaels took a real shine to him. Ah, so that could be a good part of why he's getting a little bit of the pull up now. I don't know if this is a full call up. It's kind of amazing. And we'll, I'll talk about this a little bit later on in the show, but 
the dude was the Evolve World Champion less than a year ago, less than six months ago, and now he's got a uh, title match on on uh, on Mania. It's a pretty That's quick a uh, hell turnaround of a turnaround. there. Quick yeah, come up. That is a hell of a turnaround. Really, and I mean, if we want to actually come out with predictions for some of these matches, which can't really predict them if the match isn't what it's going to be. But Fuck, I don't even know how I would predict them because yeah. it's like... This one, this one, I, there's no way in hell I see the Street Profits not winning that match. Unless, uh, did you see any of the clips from that match last night or on Raw this week? No. Uh, go look it up because Montez Ford died for all our sins. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, Theory botched a little bit, and um, you almost saw a significant injury in what may be the most defining moment of the uh, empty arena where you can hear everything. Um, Theory's on the floor in front of the ramp, and uh, Montez Ford, being the athletic freaking nature that he is goes to do his big high jump tope suicida or uh, tope con hilo over the top rope sure yeah, yeah big flipping dive theory doesn't get in over to catch him quickly enough and four just eats it into the into the ramp oh shit and it makes it's he almost it looks like he completely flat backs it because he just disappears off the screen and the sound that it makes is horrifying <laughs> It echoes because oh. <laughs> he he didn't get the concrete. He got all ramp because it sounds like metal. Okay, well you need but, to keep talking because now I need to see this and react live on the uh, podcast. Yeah. There's uh, no way that you just fucking. Say I'll keep that. running down. I'll keep running down the car, but I'm not underselling it. Hell, put the mic up so the uh, the listeners can hear this because it is gnarly. Okay, um, so it was street profits and. KO um, versus, um, versus I almost uh, said Henry Rollins. That would have been a mistake. <laughs> I'd, you know, I'd love to watch. You know what? They bring celebrities onto onto Mania all the time. Why not bring in Henry Rollins? Fuck it. I'd love to see him fight somebody. Just okay, watch him punch so. somebody out. Here you go. You want a celebrity match? Let's have uh, let's have Henry Rollins fight uh, Gronkowski, please. Let's do that. Here, I'm, try- I'm going to try to find a link quicker. Um, yeah, look up Montez Ford botch. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Montez Ford botch. Third video down. It's a five-second clip. It looks like the uh, initial posting's in uh, Spanish. El botch de Montez Ford. It's the quickest way you're going to find it real fast. Okay. If I could fucking spell, bro, Jesus, criminally, <laughs> my fat fucking thumbs. Montez okay. Ford botched third video down. Oh my god! I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull this oh, up on my. No. <laughs> I, I've got it up on my uh, my tablet right here. I'm gonna see if I can play it into the mic so we can get a, a little bit of audio. Oh, I definitely. Pl- I don't know if my mic picked it up, but. Yes, please. Okay. Okay, we're going to give this a shot. Cool, please do it. Yeah, it is. You may have to pull the levels up on that one. I do apologize. I hope that's loud enough. My iPad's not exactly the loudest. But, again, if you get a chance to watch that clip, it is disturbing. 
and how hard he hits That is the sound people them. make when they get uh, Irish whipped into the stairs, bro. Yes, yes. <laughs> Except that's the ramp. It's on solid ground. It's not moving. <laughs> no. Oh, my God, dude. He has yeah. got it. Is he, like, okay? Yeah, he got it finished the match. Because was that um, he live actually, still? Oh, oh, God. Um, I'm going to send you something, if I can find it really fast, because shout out to one uh, Tyler McLaughlin. The, he actually did tweet something in response to this, then a little bit afterwards. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to talk myself over this and get this to you while we're talking because I want to hear your honest-to-God reaction. This is sure, a little inside baseball. If, if Tyler has said something about wrestling, I would love to comment upon it. Uh, it's great. not specifically, but it's going to make you laugh. Okay. Um, Can't wait. i got to find it here. Sure. It's hard so, to go through posts when he posts as much as he does. People. Let's see here. Uh, so about a few hours after the show ended, you know, everybody's like, someone go check on Montez Ford, make sure he's okay. And I'm getting ready to send you a link to the tweet. Now he comes out with a uh, tweet that just says, this is how the conversation with my mom went. And it's a clip sending now it is a uh, clip and you should see just from the link alone, what it is. The <laughs> picture that comes up with it. <laughs> Uh, for those playing at home, this is Tyler McLaughlin's one of his favorite clips in the world. It Final. is the interview with Mike Tyson. Final. Yes, this is Montez Ford talking to his mother. I broke my back. My back, back is, is broken. broken. What do you mean, Mike? Like, what happened? My back Spinal. is broken. <laughs> Final. <laughs> yes, so oh, shout out man. to T.Y. I know you'll probably not hear this because you're not a big fan of watching the, watching the wrestling, and I know you're not a huge fan of listening to the show, but by God. Shout out to one Tyler McLaughlin there. Fuck, that's a home run hit. Spinal. My back yes. is broken. Yes. Spinal. <laughs> so, yeah, clearly he's okay. He's, he's recovered enough to send an amazing tweet. Okay, so, what's that say? Oh, God. No, that was it. That was his uh, his response. This like after the after the match, you know, is everybody okay? Well, yeah, this is the conversation I had with my mom. We're okay. <laughs> my back is broken. Um. So yeah, moving on. I don't know how we move on from there. Uh, so, yeah, Street Profits versus Theory and Garza. Uh, we move on to the Intercontinental Championship, which is Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, there's a little bit of backstory to this, a little bit of meta backstory that I kind of like. I'm, we talked about this on the last show that I'm a big fan of Drew Gulak. I've been a big fan of Drew Gulak ever since he was in Evolve. And there's a rumor, and really not even a rumor, Bryan said it, directly himself that his contract's going to be up here pretty soon Ooh. and that he's not thinking of leaving he doesn't want to leave he's not going to aew keep that oh. out of your head i know that you'd love it but damn it he just he is getting to the point where he thinks he doesn't want to be a full-time wrestler anymore he wants to continue doing it but he i think he wants to become a part-timer he's the injuries have piled up on him enough he's gotten his big comeback out of his system he is now had his second kid, and I think he's getting that vibe where he wants to transition more into that part-time role so that he can be there for his kids and the like, which, you know, credit to you. And fuck, Brian's already done everything there is to be done at this point. Yeah, However, he, is, he, um, he has reached the pinnacle. The other thing to it is that Brian has also gotten to the point where he can pretty much do what he wants as far as creative, he can pitch ideas himself. 
he's got a lot of pull, and they let him work with basically anybody he wants to work with. So I'm thinking that's where this angle with Gulak came in is because he's wanting to give some younger wrestlers and really some people that he really wanted to work with the rub, not necessarily on his way out, but during his transition. And even though he's the one that's fighting for the title here, fighting against Sami Zayn and what's not a bad little story, its focus has been on Coach Drew Gulak, who's been wonderful in their social media exchanges and their like coaching montages and the like, and really getting a good rub on Gulak, who got a clean win over Zayn last week. Or uh, over Nakamura, excuse me, last week. And it's a nice little self-contained feud that for wrestling purists is really everything you could want. Personally, me personally, I want to see them uh, fold Chad Gable into this as well just to give him something more substantial than wearing a basketball jersey and calling himself Shorty G because the dude's a legitimately wonderful wrestler. And I'd hope that they can spend something like that out of it. I don't, I don't know that I see them putting the IC belt on Brian because Zayn has been wonderful with it. But it's a nice little self-contained story that, you know, by the grace of God, is not being affected by any of this. I know uh, Brie Bella has gone on record as saying she's legitimately worried about him wrestling right now because of all the COVID shit. And I don't blame her at all. Yeah, I mean, he's had surgeries so, and taken a lot of medication, so he is a right. immune-compromised person. So, yeah, so it's definitely... This, we may worry. be looking at kind of the the not necessarily the last hurrah of Daniel Bryan, but the the victory lap of, in a sense, like For his sure. his slow way out. Um, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. That's what he wants to do. That's on his terms. Um, we also have uh, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins, one of the marquee matchups, which they've been building for the last couple of months with the Monday Night Messiah character, uh, and really. The last couple of weeks have been great because the one thing you've got with these empty arenas is great promos. Uh, I don't know if you've been following much of it, but the promo work on Raw and SmackDown over the last like three weeks has been fantastic. Well, it's had like, to be. Yeah, I mean, it has to be. But the fact is, like, um, two or three weeks in a row or two or three appearances in a row, Edge has cut just absolutely dynamite promos. Uh, on Randy Orton and vice versa. Um, Undertaker, which I'm going to get to in a moment, uh, Undertaker cut probably the best promo he's had in five or six years, if not longer, last night. Whoa. Mm -hmm. It's great. And Rollins, uh, I believe it was last week, had honestly the best promo I've ever seen him cut. And, I mean, it it was well done. And that, I mean, I don't say that is in the sense that it's the best of a lot of bad ones. It was a legitimately wonderful, great heel promo that he cut last week, and they did it very well. Um, and then Owens had a very good uh, response to it this week. Um, they finally got into the crux of how uh, deluded Rollins is and, and uh, how uh, delusions of grandeur he's gotten. Uh, the promo that Rollins cut, he came out and cut one on Owens, who's sitting in the ring, about how um, basically NXT existed because of Rollins. That he that the 
performance center and all the careers of all the NXT people that came after him would never have been there if not for Rollins' blood, sweat, and tears in building NXT. Which, there's an element of truth to it, but it's presented in such a way that he is taking credit for everything. And it comes off so, so condescending and smarmy and douchey. Um, And then he follows it up by telling Owens that what the fuck if you're going to if you're going to you know challenge me why are you challenging me at WrestleMania when my track record is what 6 and 1 I'm already above your level but on WrestleMania I become a god I'm untouchable at WrestleMania Uh-oh. and he's got the it's a great promo and you know I've got this great record and your record at WrestleMania Kevin has been nothing but failure over and over and over so you know, challenge me if you think that's what you want to do, but that's a bad idea. And it's this just very impassioned promo and, and very good heel promo. And then Owens comes back with it again again this week and says, you know what, you're right, my record's been failure, but I own all my failures. Every success that I've had in WWE, it's with someone watching my back. It's been someone handing me a title. It's been, you know, underhanded or having somebody that's cheated for me, and I accept that. I don't I don't forget my past. I don't run away from my past. Every WrestleMania moment that you've had, Seth, came from J&J security. Came from you stealing a belt from Lesnar. Came from you kicking Lesnar in the dick. Every moment that you've had, you took from somebody or was built on somebody else, and you won't admit that. I admit it. You won't. Ooh. He's like, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my WrestleMania moment, and I'm gonna take it from you. You have two masterclass promo or promos right back to back, and it's very good. Um, One thing that's interesting is, and I had thought about this, like <clears throat> because they're empty arena, and you got to think that they're probably in there earlier working out and mm-hmm. talking and going through creative and stuff. Do you think they're like, hey, KO, what do you plan to do for your promo tonight? And he's like, let me go show you. And he just runs out to the ring, mm-hmm. fucking cuts it. This is exactly what I'm going to do. There's no one. There is someone. Doesn't matter. This is what I'm going to do, okay? They see it. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll, we can green light that. That was fucking great. Let's go. And that's why the promos are getting amped up a little bit because they can actually see them work in place how they're going to be the final product right now. Yes and no. Um, I think a lot of it is the fact that the promos are coming off a lot more passionate and heartfelt because of the the arena being quiet. You can hear and see everything so much more in depth. And uh, Edges is really what keyed that even more, and The Undertaker's as well, that you don't have any crowd noise competing, and it sounds very intimate. So it makes you, it's more intense that way. Also, I think it's worth, it's also worth pointing out that the people that I'm mentioning are all, and and you look at anybody who's cut a promo in this in this last couple of weeks would be, you know, Rollins, uh, Owens, Edge, Orton, uh, Bray Wyatt, and Undertaker and Cena. That have been able to cut solo promos that have been very good. They're the people that they trust to say what needs to be said. They don't have the as tight a leash on them as some of the other ones might. They're only they're giving this promo time to people who they trust and can work on their own, can ad lib without what well, I guess what they think without issue. And then you get somebody like Bailey or Sasha or even Becky, and you can tell it's scripted as hell too. 
So I think the ones that are really good are because they're letting someone that they trust and saying, okay, no leash, go do what you need to do, and just letting them go. That makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. It's it's saying, look, you know, first of all, the names you said are like a hit list of some of the best in the game. Mm-hmm. And so their promo is, okay, sure, let them do their work. But then also, like you said, they already trust them to do that work. Right. So it's a well-oiled machine, just literally. You're just right. you're going on autopilot in a way that I almost feel like WWE needs to see that they can do this. I agree. I think this is a good a good learning moment for them to see what their talent can actually do when unleashed in a good way. Hey, uh, real quick, I'm going to go grab a quick beverage. I will be right back if you don't mind. Can we get a quick sure, drink? Sure, yeah, break go. You go get your beverage. I'm going to talk to these lovely folks for a few seconds here. See, folks, uh, here on Journey into Comics Network, we like to be a little bit um, off the cuff real. You know, people do things. They've got to have something to drink. Somebody might need to take a leak, whatever it is. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, my God, I need to edit that because that doesn't happen. It really happens, man. People piss. If you don't piss, comment below or some shit because I know you do. Everybody pisses. So that's my thought. Are you back, Mr. Sir? Do I hear you stirring over there? Maybe not. Oh, he is on the way back. Okay. So, you know, I just want to let you folks know before we are diving a little bit further than the rest of this that you guys can obviously check out Journey into Wrestling right here on Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, CastBox. Tune in. Apple Music and many others just search Journey Into Comics Network. One feed, it's all you need. And uh, yeah, we can't wait. I do to want to throw a quick listening. little uh, survival tip in here. The best decision I've made in the last few days, last really week, uh, in these trying times and the days of the uh, supermarket sweeps and the grocery buyouts, is that uh, I'm a big water drinker. I don't drink a whole hell of a lot of soda. And sure. I usually would just go out and buy bottled water because I can recycle the bottles. I can take them to my back to my warehouse and we can reuse them there to 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 put laundry soap and things in. But um, you might notice that bottled water is not exactly easy to come by at the moment. It's kind of hard to find at times. So I spent twenty bucks and bought a Brita pitcher, and I've loved the shit out of the motherfucker. Nice. <laughs> it nice. turns tap water palatable by God. Brita, give me money. I will promote the hell out of your stuff. Hey, there you go. Give us a sponsorship, Brita. And Journey into Wrestling can be sponsored by Britta. That'd be weird, but I'm into it. There you go. Um, So, yeah, uh, moving up the card a little bit more, and I just mentioned uh, the feud a few moments ago, uh, AJ Styles and Undertaker. And to be quite honest, I could give a shit less about the feud until last night. And I never would have expected that an Undertaker promo would have sold me on the feud, but he did. Okay. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the feud uh, recently, uh, the last couple episodes. Kind of paint by numbers. It's uh, AJ calls out The Undertaker because Undertaker screwed him out of a match at Super Showdown for reasons unknown. But AJ says that he wants a match with The Undertaker. He wants old Taker, not the new Taker, because new Taker is, you know, whipped by Michelle McCool for all intents and purposes. Like, he's actually calling him Mark Calloway and actually you know, implying that Michelle McCool is just ruining his career for him and that he's just this shell of a man because of her. And it's really cheesy and really stupid. But 
it has gotten us back to at least a little touch of something that a lot of fans have been clamoring for years, for the last few years, and that's the return of American Badass Taker. What? Yeah. We haven't gotten the official music. However, we did get, uh, when they did the contract signing, Taker comes out with no shirt, a pair of you know leather pants, and a, and a beanie. Looking very big evil. All right, I'm then, all about that. <clears throat> yep. Last night, and I encourage you to look this promo up because literally all it is, it's what opened the show. Uh, they had a, the uh, little montage of what AJ had done, but then they just cut on this, not quite a smoke-filled room, but it's literally just tight in on the Undertaker's face, wearing a bandana. And it is Texas boy Undertaker. It is not dead man. This is, son, you done fucked up. <laughs> like, quite literally, like, he calls him Alan Jones. He's like, because we're doing that now. He's like, I get it. I know why you're calling me out. I know that I've got more matches behind me than I do in front of me. But you've done something that you really shouldn't have done. I understand why you stepped to me, because you want to be relevant. You want to be relevant at the show of shows. But that's your pride fucking with you. Your pride's making you write checks your ass can't cash. Because you used to be a big fish in a small pond because you were too afraid to come here and try to cut it with the big boys. You waited until we were all gone. Everybody but me was gone before you decided to show up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I understand all this. I can be fine. You want to make yourself relevant? I'll make you famous. Oh, that's and a says, classic uh, line. And he goes, but you stepped over the line when you bring up my wife. And now I got to put you down. Like now I've got to do something I don't, I shouldn't have to do. And that's put you in the ground. And it's, it's literally like, and that's just more pride fucking with you. He actually says, I think you're jealous. You're jealous that she does her faith breaker, AKA the styles clash better than you ever could. She got it over. Oh shit! Actually says she got it over. Whoa! Yeah, and he's like, yeah, and you want to fight me in a boneyard match? That's your idea. Remember that. <laughs> he's like, and bring your two ass clown friends with you, and I'll bring my unholy trinity. Because you will feel the pain, you will be hurt, and you will suffer, and you will rest in peace. It is a hell of a promo. Ooh. So, it's. It's pretty much biker taker. It may not be American badass because we're not getting Kid Rock or Limp Biscuit playing in behind it, but it is definitely you done it now. You gone and done a big mistake. <laughs> will we get the um, Will we get the rolling intro? I I God I fucking hope not. I fucking hate Limp Biscuit so much. <laughs> Do you think he'll come out on the bike? Honestly, no, because I think the this one being a boneyard thing. I think they're filming this you know, offset someplace and it may not be somewhere they can have the bike. So I kind of have my doubts, but we'll see. Okay. Interesting. But I'm, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know what a boneyard match is. I'm not sure what the stipulations of a boneyard match are. I'm not sure if there's ever been a boneyard think, match before. I think it is literally going to be, and I, this is going to sound stupid to say, it's going to be almost final deletion style in the sense that it's filmed offsite. Uh, more more uh, back alley brawl, or uh, uh, the gold dust uh, uh, gold dust uh, uh, Roddy Piper 
WrestleMania um, 12. Fuck yeah. yeah. More along those lines, filmed off site. Um, rumor is they're actually going to film it in a cemetery. <laughs> Interesting. And they just don't want to use the term cemetery match or, you know, buried alive match or whatever because the connotation right now is probably not the best. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, so, oh, oh. so yeah, there's, there is that. Hashtag Taker digging mass graves. Ooh, yeah. Poor timing. Yeah. Yikes. But supposedly they may, the thought is they may actually film it in an actual honest to God cemetery. Interesting. Um, yeah. Moving on from there. Uh, we have Bailey. We have what was originally a six pack. Now a fatal five way. Bailey versus Lacey Evans versus Tamina versus Naomi versus Sasha Banks. To me, first thing that jumps out, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things is Tamina. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. If, if you ever needed Tamina. to know who's going to be taking a pin in the match, you just need to look at the list of people there. Um, but, well, I should say that. If if they're actually taking the belt off of Bailey, obviously. Well, no, I guess if it is a six-pack, she doesn't have to be pinned to lose it. Correct. Um, the setup was that uh, I think it's an elimination style, though, right? That I do not know. Okay, I think it's a six pack. Or, and I honestly, let me just riff on this for a minute. I know Dana Brooke removed herself mm-hmm. the whole fear of coronavirus. She quarantined herself and all that things. Honestly, this is an opportunity to have a pop moment like the Hardys a few years ago at WrestleMania. Surprise entrance. Return. Here's a moment to bring someone back, bring someone into the fold per se. Who you know, it's wants it's work, possible. You know, it is possible. They've been sitting on uh, Nia Jax, who's supposedly cleared and healthy. Uh, rumor was that we're going to bring her back the uh, the Raw after WrestleMania, but I don't know what they're doing. So, I mean, she's, you know, they've got one in the chamber with her that they could use. I don't think they're going to pull that trigger, though, because I think the story is Bailey and Sasha. Um, sure. And I think that's a late audible, honestly, uh, because really it wasn't presented as such. Uh, for most of the feud or most of the build uh, up until about a week ago or two weeks ago when they had Paige come out and made the match and put Sasha Banks in the match for Bailey's title. I was actually and, watching that live when that right. happened. And when you look at it, Sasha doesn't look too upset about it. <laughs> she looks like, like she's oh, kind yeah. of uh, intrigued by it. The reason, and here's the thing, is that everybody's been wanting Bailey and Sasha for years now, ever since TakeOver, or, uh, TakeOver Brooklyn. And rightfully so, but I I kind of I didn't want them to go to that for this mania because they didn't have time to build it. Um, especially with both of them being heel, you would have had to have had a turn. I think we actually may have discussed it on the show at one point. They didn't quite have enough time to let the story actually breathe and build itself, especially with a heel turn or a face turn uh, baked into it. So what I think they're doing is. I don't think they'll necessarily take the title off of Bailey here. I think they're going to build. This was a late audible because they're they're moving the feud to SummerSlam. Because SummerSlam is going to be what Mania should have been this year, assuming we get to have a SummerSlam. Let's let's throw that out there. But yeah, please. <clears throat> assuming we get to have a SummerSlam, they're going to make up for this weird ass Mania by putting SummerSlam as the big show of the year. It's their chance to make up for it. And, Understandably so. Going to go to fucking the Dallas Stadium where they can have 100,000 people. No, the reason I bring this up is, uh, uh, do you know where SummerSlam, as of right now, is set? No. Boston. Interesting. Who's from Boston? 
Banks. Sasha Banks. Huh. You can do, you can do Bailey versus Sasha with the proper build, reversed, with Sasha as the babyface, in front of her hometown crowd. At a show that they're trying to make the biggest one of the year, that's okay, something so worth building to. Here's how I would do this match: this mm-hmm. fatal five way, fatal six way. This and this isn't me predicting. This is me saying if I had the the ultimate say, this is what I'm doing. It, if, if it is elimination, which I do believe, I heard them say that. <clears throat> Page said it. That okay, so six pack. We'll say that it does go to six. We'll say that Nia does become the surprise entrant on the audible call. Okay, you have Nia and Tamina beating the shit out of each other for a lot of it. You know, Bailey and Sasha never touch each other. Yeah, they're going to be on the same page. You they can't think. be at all against each other until they're the last two standing. Mm-hmm. And then it's where you're going to see what's what's really at play here. And then I hope, if this is, again, if if this is what I would be doing, I would hope that the crowd would understand my want to push that really Bailey is the heel here and she's really really dis she's she's looking at the situation and going Sasha is a person this belt is everything fuck mm-hmm. Sasha the belt is everything and then we see that her kind of snap and then like oh the ref takes a bump and is down for 40 seconds and here comes a chair and flap and then you know Banks is out we get a dirty finish it right. puts so much heat on Bailey. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, we're building to a SummerSlam. That's exactly what, like I, I said, I think this would be the proper play. I don't know if they'll if they'll do that or if we'll get it a different way. Maybe you know, it's you know, I down. could see them. I could see them having the dirty finish with <laughs> Bailey winning. I could see them having some dissension between the two with Bailey winning and having reason to suspect Sasha. I could see Sasha winning in a surprise that really turns her around on Bailey and Bailey goes off on her. Either way, I think we see the build come from this rather than this being what they built it they built to. If that makes uh, sense. I have another option too, a third third option sure. that would be interesting. Uh because it would because it doesn't matter because you know like so what it doesn't matter. You're you're essentially like we're talking about here, we're working the feud to SummerSlam now if that's gonna be where things start to happen. Right. What if it's just a fatal five way? It gets down to Sasha and Bailey who have to fight each other. Things seem normal. They're fighting each other. Then out comes Nia Jax to beat the fuck out of Banks, and then Maybe. it's like, oh, Bailey told Maybe. her to do it. Bailey is the is the mastermind here. It's possible. Uh, I did also think of one other person I could put in at number six that would be. Uh, I don't know if it'd be a surprise, but it would be considered a surprise. Sure. You have one other person that uh, will be in Orlando for the show. Well, she'll probably be in-house uh, in the building and uh, was rumored to have a match at Mania that has been essentially swept under the rug, and that's Beth Phoenix. Oh. She'll be there with Edge. She should be on site, most likely. Um, and you know she's already on site usually because she calls NXT. But originally there was a, a rumor going around that it was going to be Beth and Natalia, the Divas of Doom, versus Kabuki Warriors for the tag titles before they audible to Bliss and Cross. Uh, and we really never got an explanation. We really never even got much of a hint towards that. Uh, it was just something that was rumored, too. But 
it would make sense if they had Beth in house. They could have her as that sixth person too. So there's, I mean, there's there's some possibilities there. All right. Um, moving up, the next uh, women's feud, which this one could be the opening show or the uh, the opening night, the first night main event, uh, could be uh, Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler, and. You know, kind of sadly, there isn't really much to write about this one. Like, this is pretty straightforward. Um, they've had words with each other. They both think they're the best. You know, Becky is a lot brasher and a lot cockier than she was last year because she's held the title for a year. Shayna is hungry uh, in more ways than one, apparently. She's a vampire of some sort. Hungry, hungry um, Shayna. We talked about that. Yeah. But... Uh, she says she wants to take the title from Becky because that'll destroy her, which, you know, whatever. They've they've had a couple uh, brawls. I know Becky hit Shayna with a chair last week after an interview. This week, Shayna powerbombed or, uh, like, swung Becky, you know, headfirst into the table, into the announce table. So, I mean, they, it's been kind of a cookie-cutter feud in a way. It's, um, it's a big match. It should be a good match. Um it's the promos aren't bad, but there's just not really a whole lot of actual animosity to sink your teeth into. They really haven't gotten that much time, sadly. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is. It should still be a good match. She did have a couple good, Becky did have a couple good lines last night about Shayna needing to step out of Ronda Rousey's shadow. Ooh. And this being her way to do so, which is valid. But, um, beyond that, we have the, Big three matches, the biggest, I shouldn't say biggest, but the best build so far being Edge and Randy Orton. Stoked for that. Um, that's probably the only match I'm going to be really tuned in and honed in for WrestleMania. I think that's going to be the same for a lot of people, to be honest with you. Um, that's the one that's gotten the best promo work up and down the card. Edge, and I think it's worth saying that Edge, after he retired, did some acting on like sci-fi and did some acting on, uh, I think it was Haven and Vikings and some other things. And you can kind of see he's honed his chops up a bit. Oh yeah. Uh, he's cut a couple very, very, very good promos. And, uh, again, another one I would, uh, I would suggest to go out and watch from last night. Last night's raw actually had a lot of really good promos to it. Surprisingly, the worst of the, which was, uh, Paul Heyman's actually probably the worst out of all of them. Um, that's but yeah, Edge is, uh, there's been uh, Randy's angle that it's Beth's fault and it's Edge being a junkie for Edge and being a junkie for the crowd. And Edge tells Randy that Randy's jealous that Edge actually has passion in his life because the only time that Randy ever shows passion is when Edge shows up. And the only time that Ed, that Randy ever or scratches true greatness and great effort is when Edge is there to let a light a fire under him. Ooh. But again, watch that promo from last night. It's a very good show. Um, God, I feel like I need you. to watch Raw from last night. Maybe I'll do that if while you, I'm doing um, dishes later. Honestly, tonight. if you watch the uh, the Hulu reshow, that's what I did last night or did this okay. to this evening. Watch the Hulu reshow. Uh, you'll get to see the. There's only two matches. There's two matches and two reshow matches that you can skip. Um, you get the trip, the, uh, the tag team match we already talked about with, uh, Montez Ford eating the, uh, eating the ramp yeah. to the back. Ouch. Uh, then you get a squash match with Alistair Black. Okay. Uh, and you get a squash match with Asuka and, uh, Caden Carter from NXT. Okay. Um, they reshow the 
WrestleMania women's triple threat from last year with Rousey. Cool. And they reshow uh, Lesnar versus Ray from this year at okay. Survivor Series. Okay. Both of them. Now you've seen them. You can skip them, but sure. um, it's worthwhile to watch those two. Those three matches and the three or four promos are all very good. It's not a bad oh, way yeah. to spend an hour. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, that'll be my uh, dish time probably. There you go. If I get into some dishes, I've been. Uh, unfortunately, I've washed my hands so much. I now have fucking eczema on my hands, but um, <laughs> that's not a joke either. I literally have patches of eczema on my knuckles from how much my hands have been I, washed. I just, absolutely believe you. You know, I mean, I'm sure you know because you probably wash your hands just as much because you're on the front lines. But anyways. Um, I do. You um, know. That should be a very good match. It's last man standing, which is interesting. Um, did you hear, uh, I believe it was on, I think Edge went on, I think it was Jericho's podcast and described a little bit of like his road back. Did you see, hear any of that from Talk is Jericho? I think it was. He, he, they allowed Edge to go on Talk is Jericho. I, he can do whatever the hell he wants, as far as I know. Uh, let me see if I can find it. I actually know Cage Side ran an article on it. It was either, it was either the podcast or it was, it may have been an interview with like Sports Illustrated. I may be wrong. Let me see if I can find it real fast. However, okay. um, what sparked it was, do you ever watch the Seamus Celtic Warrior workouts? Yeah. Are you familiar with that? I have seen those on YouTube. Uh, so Edge did one with Seamus uh, a while back. I don't know how long ago it said it was. But, uh, yeah, here we go. So Edge was uh, Edge is a big mountain biker and uh, lives down in, I think, North Carolina and did a little bit of mountain biking with Seamus for the workout. And in the process, wiped the fuck out. It was him talking to ESPN. Sorry. I uh, talked okay. to ESPN. Um, he uh, wiped the fuck out. Um, and here, I'll actually read the direct quote here. Um, it started dawning on me that I, this could be a possibility. When Seamus came to town, we were filming an episode of his Celtic Warrior workout show. He wants to do different challenging things he hasn't done before, and I loved a mountain bike. In the process of doing it, this stupid competitive thing, I'm flying down a mountain, I hit this one jump, and I wiped out. It's a pretty gnarly wipeout. I was going probably 20, 25 miles an hour, landed on stones, rolled right up to my feet, but I'm fine. I was all cut up, but my neck was fine. Uh, couple of that with doing all these fight scenes over the years on sets, some pretty physical stuff, especially the Vikings. I thought, okay, I feel really good. My family doctor just said, let's get some pictures on it. Let's see where you're at. We'll do some. We'll see a spine specialist here in Asheville. He said, I did that. I met with a specialist, and the specialist told me, keep doing what you're doing. Obviously, it's working for you, and that's when I floated out the. But what about wrestling? So basically, he he got into this bike accident and thought, you know that that's going to be something that wipes him out pretty badly. That's something that, you know, oh, shit, I'm going to be fucked up. He came away from it going, no, I'm all right. Maybe I'm better off than I thought I was. And, you know, the doctor said I'm doing okay. Maybe this is something I can do. So, like. So, wonder what uh, a few years off from killing yourself mm -hmm. every night for 300 nights in a year will do. Well, the the other, uh, the other cool thing about the interview, and I loved reading it, um, is that uh, once he decided that he was coming back, he didn't want to spoil the surprise, which obviously was a great surprise. So he couldn't go to the PC to train. Oh, uh, damn. You know? 
So he's like, uh, so he got his own. He calls his very own field of dreams. He bought a, he rented out a warehouse, and WWE sent him a ring, and he worked out with Beth because he's like, well, I got a Hall of Famer that lives with me that can body slam me that's big enough to do so. You know, she'll put me through my paces. He also worked out with two boys that uh, two guys that we're all familiar with that live in that area down in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh yeah, who that? The Revival. Oh, he said they came out and worked out with him quite a bit and kind of helped knock them, knock off some of the rust, but they all had to keep it a secret. I guess it was a good thing the revival wasn't being properly utilized on WWE television, or they wouldn't have been able to <laughs> yeah. help train a uh, yeah. Hall of Famer. Yeah, but yeah, uh, kind of a cool story. So I mean, you can't really, you have to feel good for Edge for the whole thing, really, and even with. Orton being a good heel, you know for a fact he's enjoying the shit out of it because he loves. You can see it in his work. He's excited. Well, I think wrestling know. fans, honestly, like I know why this feud is so impactful and why you're so jazzed for it, why I'm jazzed for it, mm-hmm. why most people are jazzed for it. And it's because the nostalgia train is hitting us. We lived the RKO era, the rated RKO era. And, uh, you know, I remember Edge cashing in for the first time and becoming champ over Cena in shock fashion, all those things. Like, like yeah. that's a part of my wrestling history that I loved, and I loved Edge. I mean, I was a humongous fan of Edge. Uh, one of my biggest regrets mm-hmm. was he had this shirt, and I wanted to buy it, and I was dumb and bought, um, I think I bought the Randy Orton RKO fucking NWO shirt mm, instead. I gotcha. you well, know? Like, and to kind of play off what you're saying with the nostalgia factor is that not only did a lot of us grow up with him, you know, as someone we love to see, we also got to watch him retire. And that and, crushed our souls. Yeah, because it was something that wasn't on his terms. A lot of the reason that this feels so good for a lot of us is because we wanted him to get out on his terms. We wanted to have him get the chance that he never got, and this is him getting that chance. So there's a lot of emotion wrapped up to it just in that alone that needs no storyline. It's just seeing him doing it is enough to make you invested in it. You know what I mean? 1,000% agree with you there, man. Um. So, honestly, that'll likely be the most emotional match and the most interesting and the most invested match we're going to get. And really, that just leaves us down to two, or three, rather. Um, The only one without a title is the Firefly Funhouse match, which we know absolutely nothing about. (laughs) John Cena versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt in a Firefly Funhouse match that I don't know about you, but I get, again, I mentioned with the Boneyard match, but some serious Final Deletion vibes from. Yeah, like everybody decided to go Matt Hardy's route and cop his fucking vibes now that he's not there anymore, motherfuckers. Well, well they decided to go out on his way and cop his fucking vibes when they have to do the empty arena shit. You're right, when you're they, right. When yeah. they have to get creative, yeah. But... um we, well, to be fair, we've also seen Wyatt do some of this on his own with the uh, House of Horrors match with Orton, the compound match uh, with uh, the New Day. So he's got a, he does have a history of doing this on his own as well. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I do so, remember those matches. Granted, of the two, only the compound match was anything worth watching. The House of Horrors match was god-awful. 
the lake of reincarnation. Yeah. But, you know, and, and honestly, there's a good chance that this is worthwhile because at least, you know, Bray's going to bring the passion and the creativity to it. Cena can act. So, yeah, and you this know is what, supposed though, to be let's, set. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. Cena, for all the shit everybody gives him, for all the five moves of doom jokes and his being shoved down our throats like Hulk Hogan in the 80s, he still is a phenomenal athlete. Mm-hmm. He's entertaining as all hell. He's, he legitimately he, is one of the best of our time. And when he, and I was going to say that, when he is in there with damn near anyone, he mm-hmm. makes them better. And sometimes, mm-hmm. in a beautiful turn of events, they make him better. Mm-hmm. Really? So I think this is a yeah. beautiful match that could steal the show in a lot of ways, even though we don't have any idea what a Firefly Funhouse right. match is. Truthfully, I'm, I'm interested in it for the fact that I love the final deletion-style matches. I love the, the uh, Matt Hardy compound stuff. And I know that this is sort of the vibe they want to go for. However, you know what we haven't seen with all the Matt Hardy shit? Huh. Taken seriously. Yeah, not yet. Because the Matt Hardy shit is so absurd and so over the top that you laugh at it. There's nothing you're supposed to laugh at with Wyatt other than the the Firefly Funhouse itself. But this could be, you know, looking at a Final Illusion style match that has a very dark, very disturbed tone to it. And... You know, I'm I'm legitimately interested in that. I want to see, I would love to see a final deletion slash slasher flick. You know what I mean? Give me give me a a little bit less uh, Lake of Reincarnation, more Freddy's Boiler Room in a way. Okay, and you know what's really interesting? I'm about to blow your mind because this sure. is being what it is, the way it is, and the way it has to be. Because there is no pressure to actually perform in front of a ring, and they don't have to do, mm-hmm. and maybe and maybe it will still be in a ring. I don't know. I'm just you know anticipating right. the possibility that it doesn't have to be that. Right. Bray Wyatt and the Fiend can both appear on screen mm-hmm. simultaneously in some. There's a lot they can form. do with this. Yeah, they absolutely can. And they can have like Bray Wyatt be all friendly to John Cena, like, "Oh, hey, John, how's it going, buddy?" And then like the Fiend attacks him from behind and starts beating the piss out of him because it's a mm-hmm. dual shot or some shit. You know, I'm just riffing here, obviously, but I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little underwhelmed by the build itself, but the match I'm interested in. Sure, and there's some WrestleMania. Uh, what was that? Thirty. Uh, yeah, there's callbacks. There's there's a there's a story there. There's some legitimate story, but I think they misstep with Cena specifically. Um, and I talked about it a little bit on the last show that there's a legitimate story between with Wyatt, you know, blaming Cena for his fall from grace because he never got that win at WrestleMania and that Cena, you know, fundamentally broke him to the point where this is what's happening now. And that's a, that's valid. That's awesome. Uh, the fiend has always been going after someone who has wronged him in the past. And there you go. Ready built story. However, the tack that they've had Cena take is that, Bray is lazy and entitled and half-asses or something along those lines. He's not willing to do the work, so he's blaming his failures on on Cena. When anyone who's watching the show goes, dude, he came up with all this shit himself. He's putting more work into this than you put into any of your characters. For sure. Minus Thugonomics, you know? So we all know that that's not true, so this is really contrived on your part. 
it feels very hollow. So the build's not really there on his end. And I don't think that's him lack of trying. It's just the material's not any good. Yeah. But the match should be very interesting in its own right. And then there were two, right? We only have two left to discuss. Yep, we have two. Oh, uh, shit. Well, we have one that is definitely a title match and one that we don't really, you know, we don't know. Uh, so the one we do know is the follow-up from Royal Rumble. Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar. Yep, Bork Lenzar. There really isn't much to say about the build because there really isn't a build. The build is um, McIntyre being over with the crowd and being the one to go, yep, I'm the one that's going to go knock his head off. I'm not scared of him. And Lesnar hopping up and down while Heyman talks about people being Brock Lesnar's bitch. That's the extent of the build. That's it. Oh, so contrived and not thought out. Well, I mean, it's not so much that it's not thought out. It's just that they really, the the time crunch and the, the empty arena shit, there wasn't much that they needed to build for it. Like, the story writes itself. You have a challenger who's not afraid versus champion who's not afraid. Two big bulls that are going to go, you know, like two battering rams hitting each other. That's all the story that's really needed to be put in there. Because it's not, it's none of this has been about character whatsoever. It's that Drew McIntyre's a big, big, bad, badass, and Lesnar's a big, bad, badass. Wind him up, watch him go. So, I mean, they could have mined the story of Drew leaving WWE and coming back. They could have mined that a little bit more, but really, with the lack of availability and the lack of time to do things that, you know, they just kind of abandoned, and, and I can't really blame them. It's, it would help to be there, but it's not really necessary that it has to be there, if that makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. So I, I think that one just, it's it's going to be a big, big hoss fight. Appreciate it for what it is. Sure. Simple enough. Um, the weird one, and we touched on it already, is the uh, Universal title. Nomen Which Reigns. is held by none other than uh, Headbutton Bill Goldberg. Um, and, again, there isn't a build to it at all. And this one, this one there is, there, it's not, you can't just chalk it up to, ooh, two big guys are going to fight. Because they they have treated it like it's something more while giving it less. And now and, now it's nothing. Well, yeah, now it's nothing. But even the build leading up to now, they they tried a little bit. They made some con- – there was a, a tweet from Reigns that went out like back in January or before all this shit happened, before uh, before Goldberg won the belt, where he said something like – or no, it was a, it was in reference to why he has a, a little pad on the on the entranceway, on the ramp, that he puts his fist on when he does the, the big pound at the beginning of his entrance that Reigns does. And he says, well, because I don't want to hurt my hand. I don't want to be like knocking myself out on a locker on my way out. Which is a direct shot at Goldberg that at the time was unwarranted. Shots fired, shots fired. Yeah, they brought that back, which is, you know, funny in its own right, and it's funny in something, but really it doesn't matter because we know that Reigns isn't in the match. WWE hasn't said it themselves. They have not come out and actually announced it, and they're going into this coming SmackDown, the go-home SmackDown, treating it as though it's still going to happen. However, I believe it was yesterday, Reigns went on Instagram and said, yeah, I pulled out. 
Uh, oh damn! No one's announced he it yet, went yeah, ahead and just out. announced it. Yeah, there, it's not an official announcement from WWE, but it's Rain saying, "Yeah, I did." But he didn't. He didn't acknowledge any of the USO shit, the Miz shit that we talked about earlier. He just came out and said, "Well, yeah, I pulled out. It's because I'm immunocompromised. I'm doing this for the sake of my family and for myself." And the only reason I'm even addressing it right now is because uh, I'm getting kind of sick of people, you know, tagging me on Instagram and on Facebook and calling me a sissy and a coward for pulling out. Oh, my God. People are so stupid. Right. Which, If you're calling a a dude who beat leukemia twice, once within the last calendar year, and you're calling him uh, a sissy for not wanting to wrestle in the middle of the black fucking plague, go fuck yourself with a rusty crowbar, asshole. (laughs) Like, seriously, go to hell. <laughs> he shouldn't have to apologize. He shouldn't have to explain himself. It writes, it it's, doesn't need an explanation. But, yeah, he, he went on Instagram and announced it himself. I'm not going to be there. This is why. Pretty self-fucking-explanatory, if I yeah. would say so myself, bro. I will say, good on him. If he did pull out because of, you know, the Usos or because of the Miz, he didn't point fingers. He didn't name names. Good on him. He's a company guy. And, you know, honestly, every... Everything you've seen about Reigns backstage seems to be true. Like, he's legitimately a very great locker room leader and a wonderful person to be around. He always comes off like a good guy. Yep, just didn't get anointed so. at the right time. Yeah. Everyone oh. hates Roman Reigns, but everybody should love Joe Anoy. Anoy, or however you pronounce his last name. Well, listen, here's the thing, man. He should have won the Rumble that Batista won, and if that would have happened, things would have been different. And I mean, they, Yeah, they should have just bit the bullet and did it. Honestly, they were going to get booed for Brian not winning regardless. But if you're going to go that route, go that route. Yeah, because the fans would have rallied behind Reigns winning. He was my second choice, not fucking You and I could probably do an entire show about the rise and fall of Roman Reigns' character. Okay, I would love to do that about any wrestler. Their entire stories, because I like wrestling that much. So this this WrestleMania is a... What did you call it? You had a clever name for this WrestleMania. Oh, a buddy of mine in... uh, um, I cannot remember. It was actually uh, somebody I had talked to on Cage Side um, made a comment to me, and I wish I could remember what his username is. Made the comment and called it WrestleMania, and I, I think that's that's as appropriate as we're going to get. WrestleMania is definitely the yep. episode title, folks. We're stealing that. I'm so yep. sorry, guy. That name whose we can't possibly recall. Uh, that's just the way the fucking cookie crumbles right now. Mm-hmm. Listen, there. You know, WrestleMania is um, obviously the hot topic of this weekend. I do feel mm-hmm. like buckles on the other side of this, like maybe Monday morning if you're off work like you're going to be, uh, we should link up and just do an early morning uh, journey into wrestling reviews, you know, mania. I could likely make something happen. I'm working from home that day, but I can make something happen that day. I mean, we can, we, we'll talk about it and obviously figure yep. it out we'll figure officially off, off air, but like, I just think that'd be a cool thing to do because it is such a weird WrestleMania. Let's say I, I will very likely be live tweeting both shows. Okay, cool. Well, I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a strange one for sure. I don't, I don't really know quite what to expect. I will say because we are in a weird time that now we only have AEW to talk about. There's not really anything else going on. I do um, want to give one one quick shout-out before you start into AEW. There, uh, there was one other show that I wanted to shout-out. Okay. Um, and again, I've, I mentioned IWTV. I don't have a top five for this week, but I do have a show for you to watch if you get an opportunity to. Um, and it really wasn't through any, any like big promotion or anything like that. It was through GCW. 
they ran the Acid Cup. Um, I believe it was about two weeks ago, and I've watched about half of it. I still need to go back and watch the second half, but the first half's worthwhile alone. Um, anyway, it's a bunch of guys from GCW and people you should know and you probably will see on uh, upcoming shows from Beyond and what the like. Uh, guys like Dickinson and Joey Janela, um, Alley Cat, uh, a couple other folks. And they ran a uh, not quite an empty arena show. It's at a bar. And I believe it might be the like a bar outside of the GCW headquarters. Uh, I want to say in Philly, and pretty much shot and ran by the wrestlers themselves. So there's people there. There's there's probably about 20 people in the room, but everybody I do believe is a wrestler or or a wrestler adjacent, if you will. Um, so the crowd watching it is all wrestling fans. The wrestlers that are going to be on the show and on the card are um, doing the the ring announcing duties. Like just kind of trading amongst themselves. Janela's on commentary the entire time solo. And if that's not a selling point, then nothing is. Bro. But the point of the show, they streamed it on IWTV. It was a two-night tournament. And uh, for all intents and purposes, they ran it so they could run an Indiegogo to support the wrestlers on the show. And you and I have talked about how a lot of the indie wrestlers have been suffering through all this. This was a way that they tried to... Uh, to help a lot of the folks that couldn't get uh, that couldn't help them and or couldn't get help, so it's a fun show. Like the wrestling is pretty good. Um, there's some moments that are going to make you cringe because they uh, they reference coronavirus a lot in kind of a joking fashion because they're wrestlers and that's what they do, um, and they're very embracing of the fact that what they're doing is probably not the safest thing to be doing. Yeah, they're they're playing up the joke. Yeah, they and yeah, and really, I mean, like even then, there are a couple matches like the Jimmy Lloyd and uh, I can't remember who it was he fought. There was a death match style, uh, death match style bit, and it was a little uncomfortable to watch because you could tell they were kind of doing more than they should have, maybe. But the rest of the show is fun. Um, they yeah, they made a a running gag out of the fact that Pitbull was supposed to be the uh, halftime show or the musical performer at WrestleMania this year. So Janela ponied up like a hundred bucks and had a cardboard standee of Pitbull there. <laughs> that they kept, they kept making reference to Janela is like over the moon because he can smoke while he's doing commentary <laughs> because they let him do it. Oh, he's, drinking, awesome. he's drinking white claws the entire time. And at one point while they have this like, supposed musical interlude the ref starts dancing and Janela beans him with a white claw can from like probably a good 20 yards away <laughs> and just just like over the moon with how excited that makes him um I'm pretty sure Nick Gage does something horrible to the cutout <laughs> as well but I mean all things considered it's a lot of fun the whole show is fun it came at a time where everyone needed something like that and it's well worth the time to watch so if you get a chance to jump on IWTV, the uh, app, and look up the Acid Cup and just sit and veg for a couple a little while because it may be the closest thing we're going to get to live wrestling for a little good while. Listen, bro, I'm a little bit a lot like RVD right now, in a word. <laughs> um, and I don't know if you said this or not, but did you happen to mention the fact that you got the rub from Janela? 
Uh, yeah, actually, I made some comment. I can't remember what else I tweeted, but I made some comment about the show, and Janelle actually retweeted it. High point yeah. of my life again. Twitter is coming to my aid. Yeah, and I, interestingly enough, I had a little rub that happened to me, and I am over the moon about this one. I don't even think I told you about this one because I wanted to save it for the show. I watched this week's Life at Home being the Elite episode. I haven't seen it. I've heard about it, though. It's hilarious. It's got a lot of just uh, funny, interesting things. There's a bit with Luchasaurus talking about how he's lost his tail and he wants to go find it. It's hilarious. And then there's there's stuff with the you know the Jacksons working out and whatnot. And then there's stuff with Kenny and talking about Colt Cabana that's really funny and whatnot. But then there's this bit with Hangman and it's all this Tiger King shit that he's watching Tiger King and <laughs> He's practicing the buckshot lariat by doing front flips over his uh, uh, settee and fucking clotheslining pillowcases and shit. Like, it was fucking hysterical, dude. It was over the top. But when the episode was over, I just had such a... It it was very real because they were still doing their best to be this thing that they are. They've already been really good at doing the vlog-style entertainment. Now they're just confined to their houses, right? Mm-hmm. So I said this, and, and and fuck you if you think I'm over dramatic, and I'm being serious. Like fuck you if you think I'm being over dramatic. There is reality and truth in what I am saying here. I said this episode more than anything made me miss the old world. I know that we can never go back there, and I know that when this is all done, I fucking see that I typoed that shit. Things will be forever changed, but AEW keeps us going. Thanks for loving the business and all you've done. And they actually loved that comment. It's got 33 upvotes and shit. When did you put that up? Uh, One day ago. It happened yesterday. So, hey, I did not tell you yesterday that that happened, but it happened yesterday. There you go. So, you know, I said that or whatever, and some people are like, I hope this guy's being sarcastic. But, like, I don't know. There was just a touch of genuineness, Mm -hmm. and you can tell the wrestlers have realized how serious this has gotten. Well, I think you may have also caught caught the Jacksons at a really good moment, too. Do you know why? I don't. There is a new youngest buck. Oh, yeah. Nick Jackson just had another baby. Nick just had a baby boy. He and his wife did. Yeah, yeah, they actually talked about that on BTE as well. Mm-hmm. They there's named a, him Michael. A, yeah, do you, do you get the joke there? Yeah, because if he's a wrestler, he'll be named Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mikey but Buck, way, you know, come shout on, out, it's shout out for perfect. Some, shout out for some good news in the time we all needed good news, so good for him, happy for him. Yeah, for sure. But uh, before we wrap this episode, we well, know, you know, yeah, say, you haven't talked about time AEW at all. You got a lot, of, you got to lots to go over here, man. What's up? We got, we got to go over AEW, man. Yeah, I was just that's where I was headed next. Okay, just making sure. Trust me, I can drive the ship. You really can... pulling a trust me on the same AEW where we get Jake Roberts doing promos, really? Bro, okay. First <laughs> of all, I just want to say the fireside campsite Jake Roberts promo was the shit. You could just tell me the Jake Roberts promo is the shit, and I'd believe you. Yeah, but the just the just the mm-hmm. presentation, bro. No, you're not all about wrong his presentation. All. He is the you're master in the least. of of presentation. He hasn't lost a step at all. No, not even close. I will say he tweeted something that was very sad. 
What's that? Did, did you see that? You didn't see that. And then I'm, you said, what's that? So my answer is you didn't see that. So he tweeted like in these crazy times, remember that some people are spending this time alone. No, I did see that. Yeah. And then they, somebody tweeted Lance Archer and said, have you checked on Jake? Mm-hmm. And Lance Archer responded. We just had a conversation. He's good. Thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and He's he's going to have, and I think a lot of people caught that because he's had his demons and very publicly had his demons. And you and I have talked off air about it a little bit, but this is a time of our lives and a time in our society where mental health is at a premium, and it's not as easy for some as it is for others. And we need empathy. We need mm-hmm. to put yourselves in other people's headspace. Mm-hmm. Think about what they're feeling. Don't just react to how they're feeling. And take into account that yeah, this this situation's bad for everybody. It Absolutely. sucks for everybody, and it it's it should. It is a horrible situation, but there are going to be people who it affects worse than others that you may not see. The you know folks who are dealing with depression or folks that are dealing with social anxiety or you know panic attacks or you know issues that are exasper- exacerbated by the underlying situation of being isolated and being at home and not being able to interact with people and, you know, of the fear that's going on right now, it's, I hate to use the word triggered, but it does. It triggers a lot of different mental issues and you have to remain cognizant of that fact. Hell, it's going to make, it makes a lot of people who are completely mentally healthy go stir crazy because they're cooped up and they're going to fucking turn into Jack Torrance from The Shining. I love that you referenced but, that. The girls just watched that two days ago. There you go. But uh, just keep that in mind as you're going through your life that, you know, your daily life that, yeah, you may be bored and, yeah, shit's scary and it's scary for everybody. But you got to think, man, there are people out there that struggle day to day already. And this is just putting them in situations where it's making them struggle more. Don't ever lose sight of This is not the time to lose empathy. Absolutely. Uh, back at it with talking about AEW because there is some things. <laughs> Sorry to, to get a little heavy there. It's okay. We got heavy. It's necessary in these times, man. I really do think it's necessary. I don't think we, you know, need to apologize per se, but, you know, I say lobby. Anyways, back at it. I want to say we had two major debuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had teasings. The Exalted One was coming. Ta da, he's here. We had teasings that uh, something crazy was happening on Free the Delete. And ta-da, we had some reveals. Uh, Of the two debuts that just happened, Buckles, which one jazzed you more? Um, honestly, it's hard to say because there's some backstage stuff to both of them that I love. Um, the, I'm going to have to say Matt Hardy, and there's a definite bias to it. I've already gone on record on the show saying how much I enjoy Brody Lee how much I wanted him to have a success. I'm really happy to see him getting a solo push. I love it. I, I'm i not necessarily a fan of him being the exalted one, but I'll take what I can get. On the other hand, with Matt Hardy, I'm 100% happy with everything he's doing. So I'm a little more jazzed for Matt Hardy, but that's because I have no reservations on it. Um, My question to you, have you heard some of the backstage stuff regarding both of the uh, – not the debuts of either of them. Well, I guess let's start one by one. The backstage stuff regarding Brody Lee. No. 
No idea about Brody Lee. I'm pretty sure I can walk through the Matt Hardy stuff with you. Okay. Without so thinking the about it, but please, Brody Lee please bring the, up the Brody Lee stuff. Well, the Exalted One is a direct dig at Vince. <laughs> there's there's multiple in jokes over the last two weeks. The la- the only two segments involving Brody Lee, and we've gotten digs on Vince in both of them. Really? One, you're not the first old man to have not taken me seriously or to have underestimated me. Gee, I wonder who he's talking about. Yep. Um, and then the little more meta one is the little vignette they played during the dinner Dynamite vignette. Last week. Yeah, was it, it? I'm pretty sure it was on Dynamite. Yeah. Where he's eating a steak with uh, Silver and John John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Did you catch that? Yeah, I watched that. So the not necessarily the idea that. You know, he's eating before everybody else and being rude or whatever. But it's the second half. He throws John Silver out uh, for trying to eat his steak before Brody's done with his. And that's, to me, keying up a little something. I want them to turn John Silver face out of this because I'm biased and I want a John Silver push. However, Alex Reynolds then sneezes and Brody Lee blows up on him. There is an old story uh, i can't remember who actually started it or which wrestler brought it up vince hates sneezing literally what? like his one of his like quirks he hates when people sneeze around him he hates sneezing himself because he feels like it's a control thing he hates that it's like an immediate reaction that he cannot control when he, he sneezes. fucking hate me <laughs> yeah but no it's it's a it's a long time story. I don't remember who started it, but yeah, Vince, it just, it's one of his triggers. Something that just sets him off is when he sneezes or when someone in his presence sneezes because he takes it as a weakness. So this idea of someone sneezing and then getting somebody and then the exalted one blows up on him is absolutely a reference to Vince McMahon. Awesome. So, yeah, there's some digs there. And I actually, there was an interview with Brody Lee, and it, that may have been what I'm thinking of when I'm talking about Talk is Jericho. It may have been, that may have been who was on Jericho that I got confused with Edge, um, where he said that, yeah, Vince didn't like me. Vince never liked me. I haven't got to the, listen to that Talk is Jericho yeah. yet. I saw, I listened to the Hardy one, which was fucking great. Yeah, the fact that Vince didn't like the fact that. Brody Lee sounded and talked the way he did, looking the way he did. He expected somebody that looked like Brody to um, talk like an idiot and have a drawl and everything. They wanted him to do a, a southern accent, and he couldn't do it. It's going to sound really stupid coming from me. And it did. So pretty much from that point where he couldn't do what Vince wanted him to do, he was just persona non grata in anything Vince had. So Vince just like singled him out and like, I don't like anything you're doing. Um, supposedly the silent or not silent, but the intelligent monster gimmick that Rowan was working was something that Brody Lee pitched. He wanted to do like a serial killer style, like smart monster kind of thing. And Vince shot him down and then gave it to Rowan. So there's some uh, there's some bad blood there. Um, the backstage thing, the mat, and I, I don't I think they referenced it. Did they refer? They may have referenced it on the Talks Jericho thing that the uh, the bit 
last week, not the debut, but when uh, they had the face-to-face and Matt teleported around in the stadium. Yeah, they reshot that. Yeah, they reshot that literally like an hour before the show aired. Or no, no, excuse me. They originally shot it an hour before the show aired, didn't like it, and then they shot it uh, during the show itself, like during like a commercial break or shit, because um, the light had gone down, the sun had gone down. So it would have been yep. a continuity error. So yeah, they reshot it on the fly. <laughs> Well, good on them to be able to think on their feet to be able to pull mm-hmm. it off, honestly, because it looked good. It was right. really cool how they shot the thing with Matt. Obviously, it's different shots, composed, superimposed together. You can it, really tell in one yeah. shot because Jericho's head gives it yeah, away. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say that's the only thing that made me you know, ruin the suspension of disbelief just a little bit, but working with what they were working with, completely forgivable. Yeah, and it's a really cool thing like that he came down mm-hmm. like that. You know, a couple things here. First of all, they said that if the crowd was actually there, they would not have been able to fly Vanguard 1 into the arena. I believe that. Because there's actually a law against flying drones over crowds. Mm-hmm. I'd believe that in a heartbeat, yeah. Uh, and then, so that worked in their advantage. But then to their disadvantage, it was supposed to fly up to Matt, and it didn't. Yeah, like Vanguard One was supposed to return to him, and that was supposed to be when we heard the music. Vanguard One was supposed to start making its way directly to Matt gotcha. and land on him, reveal Honestly, that Matt Hardy is there. You know, the and then on the fly, got, yeah, and then on the, the fly, fact that we got Chris Jericho cutting a promo on a drone chain. is just life giving to me. What's up? The fact that we got Chris Jericho cutting a promo on a drone is just wonderful and life giving to me. Yeah, that was awesome. But yeah, like I, I don't, I wasn't sure if you, you could hear me on that last one. But what I was saying is, on the fly, Matt decided to do the delete chant. And he didn't actually have that queued up or planned. Oh, yeah, that's a All crowd right. thing for him. Yeah, he I only does it to pop the crowd. Yeah, and he didn't think to do it, and he just said, in the moment, it just hit me. I had to, so he did it. Worked. It worked. It worked wonderfully. It was a very well shot segment. Um, I was absolutely. I, I'm very seriously considering buying one of the all delete wrestling shirts. It's awesome. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. shirts. I need it. Um. Uh. But yeah, I love Brody Lee debuting as Exalted One. I love Matt Hardy coming back as Broken Matt Hardy. Damascus has appeared. He's three thousand years mm-hmm. old. We'll have to the see. Only, the only the only thing I really don't like about Brody Lee right now, like I said, I'm not really sold on him as the Exalted One necessarily, but his finisher that he's been using is the disc clothesline, which is fine. He does it just fine. He did it in WWE. Ah, but he sets it up with the sister he Abigail. He sets it up like the sister Abigail thing, and I don't know if that's meant as a mockery or if that's meant as a shout-out to Bray. Well, I think it's a mixture of both because I'm I guessing be, if, it yeah. was, if it was my guess, it is possible that, you know, that's like a – we'll never be together again, Bray, because you're going to be a company boy. Right. Unfortunately, but um, I loved you, and it was a it was a great like that was my favorite part of my whole run with WWE. Okay, and, and, I mean I could buy that easily because I think I'm, he's I I do think that he and Bray I mean Bray tweeted like really sad tweets right that, like and then there were two or some shit like that you know and it's like yeah, yeah really there's definitely. three because Braun's there as is Rowan but. Mm-hmm. I digress. Uh, as is Daniel Bryan, if we really want to get technical about the Wyatt family, right? Um, you know, but well, uh, like, all all in all, yeah. 
actually go go ahead. No, I was gonna say I think the debuts were both very well done. Obviously, the the debut of Matt was very well done, and even though I think a lot of us saw it coming, it was still nice to see, and it still made everybody really happy. Um, the Brody Lee thing. They're going to have to sell me on him as the exalted one. I just want, I'm just happy to see him there, honestly. And I can get two things out of my system in one, in one go of getting a big Brody Lee push and getting maybe a John Silver push out of it. I'm going to be a happy camper. Yeah, that w- that'll be some, um, some awesome. I mean, if, there's if some if awesome possibilities get, now. Yeah. The AEW roster is thickening some more. You know what I would really love to have happen right now, dude? What's that? Do you know what like make the world? When What's I that? say it, you're gonna be like, "Oh God, there's so much money to be made." What if like on Dynamite tomorrow? Oh, and we there's one more thing about AEW we need to talk about. I'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But what if on Dynamite tomorrow they're like, "We have a surprise announcement available tomorrow on whatever different gaming systems you have." the AEW game available for download directly to your system. I mean, dude, people would go batshit crazy. And you know, why did they wait? Oh, they waited to get Brody and Matt in so that they could be the last two that get put into the game. And then you have the full roster as we're sitting. I can see that. I mean, I don't know that that's actually going to happen, but you you obviously, everybody keeps teasing that there's this possibility and whatnot. Um, One thing I love is, and this completely ties back to the last thing I wanted to say about AEW, remind me if we forgot anything else or anything of real big importance, other than it's really hard to sit and say every match is this and this and this for AEW because all their matches, the, the work rate is so much higher. Right. So it's just like expectation comes in, and you're just like, of course right. it's a great match. Why Why am I telling you it's a great match? You fucking know you're watching it. Like, I don't have to sell you on the moments and tell you what's an up and what's a down. No offense to what culture and all that. Like, I don't need to tell you what you liked and didn't like. You know what you liked and what you didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the last thought I want to say is I love, absolutely love and adore that we are getting an official mid-card title. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> oh. I'm 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 kind of bummed that they're not using the the MJF ring as as a mid card thing, but I can buy it. I can buy them using a belt too. I want to see if they. I hope they treat it like a TV title. I think that that MJF ring is long term storytelling. I think so too. And what I mean by that is, right now it's his prop, and it's going to be what he's known by, like Honky Tonk Man, known for his guitar. Right, but. That ring is a direct little wink and a nod to the ring of honor. Yeah. It has to be. It has to be because that's a Cody thing. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go that far since the person they're putting it on has nothing to do with the ring of honor. Well, no, 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 no. Listen, listen to what I'm saying here. I'm saying is that Cody was the guy who who brought the ring of honor and thought that was a cool idea. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about they, that. That's they right. did that in That's ring right. of honor. That's right. And then so then now MJF has the quote-unquote ring of honor in this company, mm-hmm. even though it's not the actual quote-unquote ring of honor. That's so true. Then I hadn't thought now about that. at some point, because we know this feud with MJF and Cody is far from over. Mm-hmm. At one I do want to point, throw in a real quick thing, actually. That's going to get put up, I think. 
I do want to throw in a real quick thing with uh, MJF. Um, if you get a chance to, and I, I know it'll be running versus uh, running against Mania this weekend, but uh, he's getting his uh, likely send-off match from M- MLW this weekend. Aww. Um, and it's it'll be a barn burner. It's uh, MJF and Mance Warner in a loser leaves town empty arena match. And uh, if you know anything about Mancer, uh, Mance Warner is a deathmatch guy, bar none. <laughs> so uh, I, there's a very real chance that old, uh, old uh, Max gets his ass handed to him. So you think he might fashion. show up hurt? What's that? You think he might show up uh, on uh, the old I, I think this already, I think it's already been filmed. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, I, I think this is MLW already does tapings. Like They're not live. Um, well, I mean, they're live when they do their tapings, but they're not live when they reshow. So I think these have already been in the can. Gotcha. But yeah, it should be. It's a. I, I just happened to watch a, a fusion from last week, and I. Oh, they're getting his. He's getting his send off match. Okay, that's nice. Um, there is one thing from uh, AEW you did not touch on. Well, you know, you did touch on the uh, on the belt. Uh, did you touch on the tournament for it? Tournament for it was what I was getting to last here. Gotcha. Yeah, we're going to have an eight-man tourney for the first ever All Elite Wrestling Television Championship. Mm-hmm. And two of the matches have already been announced. Uh, matches that have uh, previous match implication. We have mm-hmm. a rematch from Revolution and Sammy Guevara versus uh, Darby Allen, which was one of the great matches, one of the greatest matches of Revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have a rematch from All Out. Uh, the chairman Sean Spears getting his name uh, at All Out or at uh, at Double or Nothing. No, it was at Fighter Fest, right? Yeah, it was a Fighter Fest. It was at Fighter Fest. Damn it, I forget the Fighter Fest was a thing. It was one of those little interim events. Anyways, but he, him, and him and Cody had the face off there at All Out, and they're having their rematch here in round one of the tournament. So Darby is probably going to face Cody is what I think they're going to do, my opinion. I actually going to go the opposite way. Um, Guevara it's, it's, v... Um, v no. Uh, no. Okay. Um, what I think is going to happen, and it's kind of weird because it's a little bit of an audible from what they're doing. Spears, uh, his storyline right now has not been on Dynamite. It's been on Dark. It's been the tag team uh, search. And it's been this kind of running gag on Dark for a while. So he's trying really, to find a partner. Been, yeah, he's been he's been trying to find a partner and walking out on all of them and whatever. But that's been pretty much all he's been doing. So seeing him get into a singles match with Cody is a little out of left field because it's not anything you know associated with what he's been doing whatsoever. But you don't really like getting face versus face matches in tournaments. Sure. Because there's no one to root for. So you can always, with a good tournament, you can always count on at least you know a heel that you may not see going somewhere, getting somewhere just for a, a face to get over. And I think you're going to see that with Cody. I think Spears actually wins round one. Interesting. So Spears-Darby. Yeah, I think it'll be Spears-Darby because I think this will be – Cody's not going to be a mid-card champion. He's got better. He's got other things he's doing right now. You're right. I will say it would be awesome though to have a a Darby uh, Cody rematch, or I do. I do, do too. A Sammy Guevara fucking Cody rematch from the first match. I, there's on history with both of them. There absolutely is history with both of them. But so I think that, I mean the, that's cool. But I agree with right you. Now, though, I think it'd be cool to have Sean over. Well, I think you right now you're building to have a 
uh, a mid card champion out of this. So you need someone that's going to be in the mid card. And right now, that's Darby, that's Guevara, that's Spears, that's not Cody. Cody's not mid card right now. Yeah, Cody's a main eventer, but maybe not with a title. And truthfully, they've even got a way built in that they have this out for why Spears can win because he ain't gonna win clean. No, of course not. If He's only Gattoli. if only there was someone that maybe might be out in the crowd that had it out for Cody. Don't know who that might be. Might yeah. have a you know a Hall of Famer backing him and might have a weird. Oh weird yeah, walk. the the fucking murder train or whatever the fuck murder they hawk call monster. Him. Yeah, fucking. So murder I think Mountain. this is where you're gonna get. You're already supposed to be getting your entering debut for Lance Archer this week. That's what they've hyped up. But I think you're going to see Lance Archer costing Cody the match to really cement their feud, get that going, give Cody a reason to fight Archer, and sets Darby up for a good a good heel to fight in the second round. Now, I like granted, it. it also depends on who's going to be in the second side of the bracket because if you have Darby win over Spears, then you can still have a, a big heel for him to overcome as well. So who knows what we're going to see there. I would have said it would be a good spot for Hager, but they're building up Hager to fight Moxley. Yep. Right Hager's now you're going to get a, chi- a, a shot at that title. Yeah, right now your, your feuds that we're looking at are Jericho and Hardy – um, you know, Cody and Archer and Moxley versus uh, Hager with a little bit of peppering in of the inner circle versus the elite. Sure. And it looks like they might be building a Colt Cabana-Kenny Omega feud? That'll be on Dark if they do anything. That won't be a main thing. I, I highly doubt. I think you're you're going to have Kenny wrapped up in this elite thing for just a little bit longer. Sure. But... The fact that they still have the tag titles, I still think there's some there's some gold to be mined from the Young Bucks feud as well. I think the blood and guts getting postponed is what's really throwing a wrench into all of that. That was their big crux plan for what was coming next in the next phase yeah, of that their was story. Their, they they kind of set some of the other feuds aside to focus on that and then had to pull it at the worst opportune time. Absolutely. That's kind of left them scrambling just a little bit to try to find ways to book out of it for the time being. So, the problem is they can't really break up the elite at the moment. No, because they want to have that in their back pocket for the uh, for the feud or for the blood and guts. But the break up the elite is a good interim feud in the mid in the meantime. So they're kind of kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. But they can they can get their way out of it. I'm sure. Oh yeah, I have I have nothing but faith, man. But uh, I don't the know, man. That kinda, Go ahead. That kind of bums me out is that the women's division is still struggling um and it seems like we're getting Priestley and uh nyla maybe if that's what we're doing okay i mean that was teased a minute ago there's also a, a seeming a little bit of a feud between Britt baker and big swole but we haven't really seen much of it in the last couple of weeks so i don't know it could be travel issues it could be the fact that neither of them want to be on screen right now so you never know yeah, it's you know uh, Britt it, is a dentist, so maybe she's got other things she needs to be doing. I will say they said that Brie Priestley is she just moved to Japan though. Yeah, she's she's with Stardom pretty much full time, but 
I don't know. The last time that Nyla was on screen, it was in a bit of a feud with B. Priestley. So okay. that's the only reason I'm keying off of that. Sure, sure, sure. Well, Buckles, is there anything else to add before we jump ship and get the hell out of here? It's a long go, just, boy. We're here a little over two yeah, hours just, and 18 minutes. Just a little bit on my end. I don't have a uh, someone to watch or a top five. I truthfully, other than the WWE and the AEW stuff, I haven't gotten to watch a ton of wrestling in the last few days. I've kind of been busy off my ass. I hate saying that. And I don't want to use that as an excuse. But I haven't really gotten a chance to sit down and watch a whole lot of indie shit. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to the IWTV app uh, and High Spots both. They've both been streaming like hell. Uh, in the past, uh, IWTV would stream some live stuff maybe once, twice a week, if that. Um, just whenever something would take off live. <clears throat> but for the most part, all their shit was on demand. Well, they're still doing on demand, but they're actually rotating and showing stuff, broadcasting live, and this is what we're showing if you tune onto the app right now. They're doing a really good job of getting a good variety of older shows, newer shows, different promotions, and really getting a lot of stuff out there. That If you've got, if you know, if you're home sitting right now in quarantine, throw the app on. You're going to find some fun shit to watch. I guarantee it. And uh, shout out to them for actually making that work. So good on them. Um, I do also want to key something up. Um, I may not have the someone to watch. I may not have the... Uh, the uh, top five this week, but I do want to set up a segment for the future. Next time sure. we have the show, I will try to have a top five. I will try to have someone to watch. But I've been uh, kind of uh, percolating on something for the last couple of weeks, and I pitched it to you uh, a couple of weeks ago. Percolate, um, percolate, 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 percolate yep. it. And uh, there's a little bit of backstory on it. And the backstory behind it, I don't even know if I had a chance to tell you, is that, um, oh, i got to remember it correctly, uh, was back to Kevin Nash and something that he had said about I'd have to look it back up. It was Kevin Nash that was supposed to do something different, like the finger poke of doom or something was supposed to have gone differently. Okay. There was, there was a, something with uh, Kevin Nash that he would have done differently, or maybe it was the NWO. I cannot remember off the top of my head now. And this three weeks feels like two years ago. At this Goldberg streak with the cattle prod, perhaps. Oh, um, um, actually, you know, that might've been it. Uh, I think it was they were going to have Nash break the streak instead of Goldberg, or instead of uh, Hall, or instead of Hogan. There was something along those lines. It was something involving Nash, and I can't remember, but it was one of those things that made me think back to, okay, what if that had happened? What if, you know, what if something had gone differently in the wrestling world that we know? What would be different now? And it, it was really it was an exercise in fantasy booking, and I thought that's something that we, we do on the show but we haven't really said too much about it. And I thought that would be a really fun thing to have a, a little like specific fantasy booking segment. So that led me All to the it. idea of a, of a show called or a bit called who's got the book or you've got the book where one of us or both of us take a chance to, okay, you have a chance to change one thing in wrestling, whether that's booking a new show or doing something in the past differently. How would you have changed the outcome? If you were in control of it, what would you have done differently? You have complete creative control. What would you have done differently in that instance? Who would you have had break Goldberg's streak or Oscar's streak? Would you have had it broken at all? Um, who would you have rather had as the third man in the NWO? Who would you have had hit Stone Cold with a car, if not Rikishi? Ooh. Where would you go with some of these things? So 
what I want to do is have, you know, every week queue up something. Next week, Nate, you've got the book. Or next week, I've got the book. Let's see who's got a good idea for something we would have rebooked or fantasy booked on our own. Sure, I and, love it. I think that's amazing. And uh, I actually had something that uh, came to me over Twitter recently that kind of tied in with it. The perfect first one for both of us. And uh, shout out to Addie Starr, uh, who is a female uh, indie wrestler. Does a lot with Evolve, and or not with Evolve, but with uh, Beyond and Limitless Wrestling out of Maine. And uh, she said, I'm bored sitting here, and uh, I just fantasy booked a New Japan versus WWE pay-per-view. Ooh. And just wrote down her card. That's it. Just what do you? what would you want as your card? So there's my question. You've got the book. You're booking a WWE versus New Japan Pro Wrestling show. What's your card? Let's come back to this next week. Sounds good, man. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it, folks. Uh, As always, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to Journey Into Wrestling. As always, I am your host, Nate. Today has been Journey Into Wrestling Season 4, Episode 14, WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. I've been Nate. Still buckles, still going strong. We will see you guys on the other side of all this madness. Take care. We'll see you guys uh, probably next week or the week after. Ciao. Go wash your damn hands. Wash your hands.